sleep or you're lying. Emergency. Batman speaking. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman. It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. The big screen gives us more space on land, sea, and in the air to challenge the most bataclysmic collection of super criminals ever. Their minimum objective must be the entire world. And here are the dastardly villains. The Catwoman, the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler. See, the new weapons of the Bat Arsenal combat the forces of evil. The Batcopter. The exploding, man-eating shark. Holy sardine! The relentless Megaton Magnet. The unholy Quartet's secret submarine. Fire on! Fire on! It is 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day, my friends. I believe that's 1966. I believe that was 42 years ago uh, that that Batman film came out. With um, Can you name... Okay, I'm going to go down the list. Can you tell me who played the villains? Catwoman. Catwoman was Julie Newmar. Now, I thought it was Eartha Kitt. I think there were two Catwomen. See, because she's behind the mask, so I can't really tell. I, it might have been Julie Newmar. Well, now I don't even know. Well, Yvonne Craig. I don't know what happened to her. It's all falling apart. Uh, Penguin. Burgess Merrick. Yes. Joker. Frank Gorshin. No, no, you're wrong. I am. Oh, the, he was the Riddler. Frank Gorshin was the Riddler. Yeah. Joker was played by... Oh, Tim Riley. I, all right, you ponder it. We'll come back. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970. The talker, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, it is Monday. And welcome to Day 12. Hi there. Hey there. Hello there. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you're coming, is it bothering you? Is it bugging you? Is it nagging at you? Cesar Romero. Did you look that up? I did. Lee Merriweather was a cat woman. I thought, Lee, Mer- I thought Lee Merriweather was one of the guys that... I thought Lee Merriweather was one of the guys that went with Lewis and Clark. Oh, no, that's Merriweather Lewis. Never mind. Yes. Let's forget this whole thing happened. Wait, so who played the Catwoman in that, in that era? It was Lee Merriweather in the movie. Okay, so that would have been Lee Merriweather as a Catwoman, Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Penguin. Frank Gorshin, the rhythm. Caesar, I always want to say Caesar Chavez. Not Caesar, he would have played the hooker. Yeah. Um, Caesar Romero, not Sid Caesar. That's Correct. the other thing I would say. I always get, and I know this sounds ludicrous, I always get Caesar Romero, Sid Caesar, and Caesar Chavez all mixed up. 
It does seem like they all ought to be in some Art Fern uh, movie together, though. All right. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, what have ye. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, uh, or the mundane. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. The best thing about that Batman trailer, by the way, is how they're listing off all of the super sort of bat-tastic weapons they're going to be using. And then at the end, they just sort of casually throw in, without comment, an exploding man-eating shark. Sort of a one of these things is not like the other. And Eartha Kitt was the Catwoman on the TV show. Just not she in was, the film. She was known as Catwoman number two. All right. Excellent. Well, in any event, oh, so we, so it's Monday, which means Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We are three days away, ladies and gentlemen, from the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. I just uh, got a text message from Scott Daly. He's on his way to go see it right now. Now, is that? are you seeing it tonight? I'm seeing it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, so he's going to the critic screening yeah, cause I was, tonight. I, yeah, because I had an invite for today, but unfortunately, due to the show. pesky radio program yeah. to do. <laughs> it's so, always getting in the way. Uh, so, so Scott Daly is seeing it today. You are seeing it tomorrow. And then everybody else, uh, we commoners, are seeing it Thursday night at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. And if you haven't purchased your tickets, I encourage you to do so now. Don't dally. Don't be late. Don't delay. Don't prevaricate or equivocate or put it off for any reason. Because then you'll be filled with self-loathing later on in the week when we're all there. So that is coming up this Thursday night slash Friday morning, Friday 12.01, at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Uh, the world premiere of The Dark Knight, uh, hosted by AM970. Uh, we're all going to be there. We'll be uh, hanging out. We've got the, the stuff to give away. we got Dark Knight uh, merchandise and swag and what have you. Uh, so you can go to 970 dot a.m. Uh, 970.am. You scroll down to the As Heard on the Rick Emerson Show section. Look for the Why So Serious poster, which will creep you out. You click on that. It'll take you to Regal. You buy your tickets. Bam! You're in like Flint. Uh, so that is coming up this Thursday night, uh, late night at midnight. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, if you would like to uh, join us today, coming up later on in the program, we have seen a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, who will join us today. Uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles. Well, Dr. Cena radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. Who? Tim, why do, I, why do I know this name? I'm looking at this Amanda Moyer thing. And so she's talking about, well, first of all, there's this thing where, where Anheuser-Busch, the, the Budweiser uh, company, so I guess they got bought by foreigners. Uh, and then we've also got, why do I know the name Cynthia McKinney? Cynthia. Doesn't that sound familiar to you? It does sound familiar. I can't place it. I mean, I don't really care about the Green Party. The Green Party sort of, the Green Party goes right next to like the American, uh, like the American Socialist Workers of the World and the Libertarians in the category of people who will never win anything. But they nominated former Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney as their presidential candidate. And the only reason I care about this is because I hate stuff that sort of, you know, where it sort of tickles at your memory, but you can't quite conjure up exactly why it's familiar to you. All right. In any event, so we'll uh, talk to Amanda Moyer about that. Uh, Let's see, Oregonian TV critic Peter Carlin joining us today. Uh, as we count down to The Dark Knight, we'll be doing the top five dark songs of all time. That's uh, coming up later in the day. Top five dark songs. Um, Wasn't that the crazy congresswoman from Georgia who slapped the cop or something? Is she the woman that punched the cop or the punch? It was like Maybe a, it's just the same name. It was, but it was like Capitol Hill yeah. security, uh-huh. and she slugged him. Yeah, that's her. All but, right. uh, I wonder if it's the same woman. Maybe. All right. So we'll same ask, name. It could be. So we'll ask Amanda about that. We've got a corpse watch coming up today. Uh, geek watch coming up today. Uh, clergy watch. Religious nutcase watch, which is just so deep. It's it's one of those religious nutcase watches, which is so deeply satisfying. 
It just really, it just quenches your thirst in just the most, just the deepest place. Uh, so we'll have that coming up. We'll talk to our good friend uh, Chris Sneathan here in a while because he went to a whole series of great things that happened this weekend. So let me back up for just a second. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. A Central Oregon woman has a 140-pound tumor removed. Tumor. An Oklahoma church cancels its teen gun giveaway. Dick Cheney remembers Tony Snow. Longtime Washington yanker John McLaughlin calls Obama an Oreo cookie. Wow. Sharks. Wow. Sharks jump over Florida surfers. A man is arrested for making up shark stories off of Martha's Vineyard. The trial begins without mother charged with using a high-pressure hose on her young daughter. And Russians burn their retinas at a laser show. Okay. Do you have that? Did you see the thing about the New Yorker? Yeah, I saw that one, too. Jesus. There's a whole lot of weirdness going on in this country. Have you seen the cover of this week's uh, New Yorker magazine, Sarah Dillon? No, I have not. I think Obama calls it tasteless. Yeah. No, you'll, you'll see it by the end of the day. Somebody will send it to you. Jesus. The answer is 12. Uh, all right. Well, that's all coming up. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some stuff that happened this weekend here in a moment. And we'll be joined by our friend Chris Neven, who was at the... He was taking part in the media edition of that rib-eating contest at Chinook Winds over the weekend. Uh, so we had on Friday... Was it Thursday? Friday, Thursday. We had Joey Chestnut and uh, the little fever couple. That they were in here, the competitive eaters. Because at Saturday there was the smoking at the ocean event, and there was a perfect the world. Uh, I think there were there was some sort of the world champion rib eating contest. There was an amateur rib eating contest, and then there was one for the media, to which I was explicably uh, inexplicably not invited. But Sneedon was there. And so we'll talk to him in a second. We'll get a recap from that. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Hey, I'm just looking at that cover that you were talking about. How insane is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna po- I'm posting up. on my website. Yeah. So we'll talk in a couple of minutes. We'll talk more about that here in just a short Someone while. Someone needs to learn how to be funny. Seriously, there's just a, there's a whole lot of crazy in the air. Not just today, but in the last few In what world would that seem like it would be hilarious? Especially from the New Yorker, from whom you expect better. I mean, I just sort of... It doesn't really seem like... If you haven't seen the cover that we're I'm talking gonna, about, I have it posted in a minute. If you uh, give it a couple minutes and then go to RileyLive.com, you'll be able to see the um, you'll be able to see the, the cover of this week's New Yorker, which is just so off the charts, weird and and crazy, and I would say, depending on inappropriate. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> de- depending on how broad one's definition of satire is, I would say almost certainly. I don't offensive. know. It's more hilarious the the framed picture of Osama bin Laden or the burning American flag in yeah. the fireplace. Yeah. God, that's well, messed up. In any event, how was your weekend? It was fun. Was it hot enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sat in a kiddie pool for a great majority of the weekend. Worked on my soapbox derby car. <laughs> we that should have fun. a new segment called "Today in Sarah Dillon's Classy Life." <laughs> I did. It was it was great. We had um, we drank wine coolers and sat in the sun. In Good a for you. Pool. It was right. great. Ain't that America? And listen to um, Jim Croce. That really is the most important. It was fantastic. Thing ever. My friend Lisa, uh, my friend Lisa and Jay, they have the greatest backyard. Where all they have is old cars. Right. So all you can see in their backyard is like some big old fancy car and some old truck, and we're like listening to Jim Croce sitting in a kiddie pool drinking, you know, like beers and <laughs> wine coolers. Like, Southeast Portland on parade. Seriously, it felt it, it feels like you're in a time warp. It yeah. was amazing. The stuff there got totally ridiculously sunburned. I'm like dark red. Now do you not wear sunblock, or do you just do you have I put it on enough? Some, 
I wore sunblock, but my stomach hasn't seen sun, you know, since like last year. Which <laughs> your skin is just screaming. So I'm like, put it away. This time I won't burn. I'm gonna turn into a golden goddess, and then I just burned. That's all right. Big Jim from uh, from KUFO is all burned up as well. Yeah. So. The best part is when there's the guy who inevitably comes back to work on Monday, and he's got the sunglass line where he just fell asleep. Doesn't Scotty J seem like he'd have a permanent sunglass <laughs> line? <laughs> he really, he really does. So. Uh, I just I, I went home on because uh, Laura was she was at the country fair uh, this weekend. Oh damn! Oh, how did that go? Or the story? Which, oh yeah, uh, I left it up in my office, but I'll bring. She brought me back. God bless her. She always knows exactly what to do. So she brought she brought back home just, just like some small kind of weird stuff that she saw them selling that was sort of strange or funny or retarded or whatever. And she brought back this. It's a program of events at the country fair. Uh, which I don't have with me, uh, but we'll get to that here. In the, 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 I'll go, go get it during the break, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it later on in the hour. I mean, it really is just just everything everything that you would expect, everything good and terrible. Um, so, uh, but I went home Friday. I turned on the air conditioner, and then my whole thing was just to uh, take as many. I mean, just as many steps as I possibly could to ensure that I didn't have to leave the house. I mean, I tried to never leave the house for anything mm. because it was that sort of. I know we're talking about the heat, but it was that kind of heat where you walk outside and you immediately just feel as though someone has just punched you in the stomach. Where you kind of walk out and you go, oh, oh. So you make fun of my trashy lifestyle, but that kiddie pool was glorious. Oh no, that's I just sitting there. I did not get out of that thing. Air conditioner on, door locked, blinds down. Uh, just trying to avoid any contact with the sun at all. That was my weekend, except for uh, on Saturday. That's that's actually a lie. I came to. I actually did leave the house a few times, but I but I tried to then immediately go to a place where there was. Plus, my wife had the had the you know because we have the car and then we have the truck, and the truck has no air conditioning of any kind. My car doesn't either. Yeah, and so she had the air conditioner. You know, she had the, 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 the you know the the, the the focus in Eugene, and so I'm driving you know like this nineteen this nineteen twelve uh, Toyota Forerunner. Just and every time I had to drive somewhere, it's like I would end up behind just every backward ass nitwit on the planet who was driving poorly, just sitting there in the Sun. Got caught at a bridge lift at one point. That's a lot of fun. You know, it's about 2 in the afternoon. It's 195 degrees outside. And then mm. you are just about to get over the bridge when there's the whole, you know, you're just cursing to heavens. Um, so I came to work for a little bit yesterday, and I cleaned the studio, by the way. It looks I, great in here. I don't know if you can really tell. I didn't realize how filthy the studio was until the other day when the lights were burned out. And Matt Green, God bless him, compensated by hanging up all these shop lights. Which just threw light into the darkest corners of this room, corners that are usually not ever illuminated. So I realized exactly how filthy this room was. And I came through with just a big empty cardboard box yesterday, just piling crap in. And you get that thing when you're, it's like when you're cleaning uh, an office or a closet or something at home, and you think to yourself, do I need this? And then you realize that you, you know, you're cleaning out like a drawer or some sort of a cupboard. And there's stuff in there you didn't even realize was in there, and therefore you know you're not going to miss it if it's thrown. So I just I just put everything in there. Anything that had dust on it, I just assumed that we don't ever use, and I just stuck it in a box and I chucked it. So I did that yesterday. On Saturday, uh, I went and I played poker, which I haven't done in a long time. But I went to our friend Trey's house. Uh, so I drove way out to uh, to Beaverton, and uh, myself and Trey, who's a guy we used to work with at uh, KOTK when we were next door, uh, we all uh, played poker. And throughout the night, I was getting a series of text messages. You thought you hung out with Trey? Yeah. How's he doing? He's good, actually. Did he still? Did he find a lady in his life? Uh, I do. She wasn't there, but I do believe that he. I do believe that there's an unofficial Mrs. Trey. Good I don't really know. Um, 
So so I did that, and then throughout the night, though, I was getting these text messages from Chris Sneathan, who I believe we'll talk to in just a second, who I think went to the police-slash-Elvis Costello show and then went out to the Chinook Wins rib-eating competition. So, um, in fact, is this him? Let's, uh, hello, Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Are you there? Are you there? Hi. How are you, sir? I am recovering. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. First of all, before we do anything else, so you sent me this great text message uh, from the police show. That was what? Yes. Friday, right? Friday night. And all it said was, Elvis Costello does not want to be here at Good all. Lord, he did not. Was he he just... came on. The show was supposed to start at 7.30. He was on stage at 7.25, <laughs> and it was a dead sprint for 45 minutes. And then it was... Thank you, good night, and it, he was gone. There was a whole lot of uh, contract fulfillment on Elvis's part. Oh, my goodness. It was, I mean, good show, I guess, but like I said, I mean, there was no interaction. There was almost no pause between any of the songs. I mean, it was just a sprint. It was get on and get out. Is that where the, co the, the contract... The contract says, you know, 65 minutes. By God, he'll give you 65 minutes, another exactly. minute more. The, exactly. I have to, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the cover of the the living section of today's Oregonian. Sting looks bad. He looked old. Sting, I, the beard just did not do it. He's I, got this full-on okay, gray neck beard going on. It's all yeah. kinds of unpleasant. It, that's, that is not a good look for him. No. And I tried to explain that to people that weren't at the show. Oh no, he's still hot. He's got a beard. Ooh, that's even hotter. And no. I said, "You boy, there's there's nothing yeah. hot about that look." No, there's not. So let's talk about the about the Chinook wins uh, rib eating contest. So you, this was Saturday, right? Saturday afternoon at three o'clock. So you were invited because you remember them. I don't know why why we were not invited. They passed over us and they went right to you. And so, uh, so uh, uh, I mean, unlike the rest of you, I look like I can eat. <laughs> so you walk. So you walk in. And what is the deal? You sit down, and is it just, I mean, these are ribs, like, on the bone still? They're on the bone. Uh, what it was was they had plates that were pre-measured at two pounds each. Oh. Oh. And um, you take the rib, you, <clears throat> and then you uh, eat the rib, and then you replace the bones back in a tray. Yeah. You take everything back at the end. They weigh it, and it's, you know, whatever, how many of the ribs they gave you minus how many of the ribs you gave back is what you ate. So what are the what is the time limit on this? 6 minutes, thank God. 6 minutes. And so you so you took what place out of how many people? I took second place out of probably 10. All right. Well, see there's no shame in second place. I mean there is shame, but I mean the yeah. you, when you got second place, did you win anything for that? It was for charity. Uh-huh. And so uh, it was two hundred dollars for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. So we're very proud about that. But I mean, now did you? But you personally, did they did they give you anything in exchange for doing this? No. So you traded away your dignity for nothing. I mean, Thank I guess you, you helped people, but <laughs> but you personally benefited not at all. You just ended up covered in sauce and humiliation. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Um, well, we we should give it up uh, for Earthquake Jake from our sister station KUPL, who won uh, for the third year in a row with two and three quarters pounds yes. uh, of ribs in just six minutes. Yeah, that was uh, boy. I was shocked when they announced my name in second place because I thought there was no way, and uh, all of a sudden they announced me with one and three quarters pounds. And, and how, I mean, how unpleasant? It, how unpleasant was this about twelve hours later? You know what? About 12 hours later, I was sitting at a blackjack table um, in the casino, and uh, 
It was okay. It was the next day. Really? There when was... I had to leave at like noon yesterday. <laughs> just home. When you were when they were kicking you out because it's your uh, it was checkout time and you were just exactly. oh god I've got ninety minutes between here and a bathroom. Exactly. All right. Well, congratulations, my Terrible. friends. Thank you very much. All right. There you go, Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello, greetings, salutations. Hey, Rick. Hey, sir. How's it going? What's up? Hi. Uh, I want to know, sir, what, uh, which screening of The Dark Knight are you going to? Are you going to the one at Wednesday or? On Tuesday. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I want to extend an offering to Rick. I have two passes to the Bridgeport screening on Wednesday. I wonder if he is like that. He's wonderful. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, it, here's the thing. It, it, I, as much as I would like to go, and please understand, I, I really do appreciate that, I think... Probably, I, I, I will. I will say no only because I know my own uh, lack of impulse control, and I know that if I see it early, it's gonna just it's gonna break me in half to have to come on the air and not talk about it. And I know that it's gonna be embargoed, and we're not really gonna be allowed to discuss it until it actually premieres. So I know that Sarah has much better control than I do. Uh, and much better willpower, and so I think it's safe for her to see it, but I think I'm going to have to wait until Thursday, or otherwise I'm just going to have to take the next day off, because otherwise I would just be coming on and blabbing. So uh, I will probably have to pass, but I do appreciate it, sir. Okay, well, the offer's always on the table we'll All right. until uh, Wednesday night. So. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, that there was you really go. nice of him. No, it was really nice. I just... No, I know you, and I really do think you should. Uh, yeah, otherwise, it's just it's all going to go south. Otherwise, um, all right. Well, we'll okay, we'll take a break here in just a second. Oh, by the way, today one random caller uh, will win a prize pack from the WWE's One Night Stand, including a commemorative hat, T-shirt, and a WWE action figure. They are righteous, by the way. I've seen them. Uh, if you missed One Night Stand on Sunday, June 1st, you have time to catch the replay. Don't miss the only pay-per-view of the year where every match has extreme rules. Contact your local pay-per-view provider today to find out how you can catch the replay of One Night Stand. Uh, that goes to one random caller today. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum, Amanda Moyer, Jim Rook, top five dark songs of all time. Uh, Geek Watch, Corpse Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, and uh, Clergy Watch. All around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It is uh, 503-733-2970. In just a few moments, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, later on, Amanda Moyer, James Roop, uh, top five coming up today and more. Oh, we got to talk to Richie as well because this is, so he's here. See, so Richie's here this week and next week, but I think next Friday is when he's leaving okay, uh, we'll next Friday? to go to Vegas. I think he's leaving... I'm unclear about that. Uh, I think we're, we're going to talk to Steve here in a moment, then we'll talk to Richie and find out exactly what his schedule is. Uh, so I, I think he's leaving town, not this Friday, uh, but next Friday. And then I know, and we never got a chance to get his mom. I think it was either Thursday or Friday that we were supposed to be talking to his. Hey, Richie, when uh, well, were you supposed to talk to your mom last Friday? Um, can we do that this week? Yeah, she's off on Friday. All right, okay. Well, 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 okay, so then sometime later on this week. Uh, let's see, we've got a couple of these, and we'll talk to Steve. Um, uh, Rick, regarding your honey bucket discussion, my ex's roommate needs to be destroyed. This is the worst thing you're going to hear all day, by the way. My ex's roommate lost her virginity in a porta potty in Lincoln City. <laughs> She's... <laughs> these are the best of times. She's all class. He said, Jesus... I mean, I can't even, I can't even fathom. All right, fine. There's that. Uh, and then this, uh, this is because we had that call 
I guess on Friday, was it Friday the guy who called up and it was his fifth wedding anniversary, but his wife was in it was in Nashville humping some other guy? Yes, with her new boyfriend. Uh, and we and his whole problem was that he was immediately falling into some sort of a relationship, and we were saying he just needed to find some slut. Uh, and so we have this. I will not, by the way, don't, don't ask me to post this. Don't ask me to put the link up or anything. None of those things are going to happen. But this is exactly what our audience does. Rick, and then it's a link to a, a, a MySpace profile, and he says, Hey, here's a slutty chick for that dude whose wife was in Tennessee. This chick will do anybody. Just send, send the link on. I work with her. Oh, by the way, she's stupid, too. So enjoy this. So Wow. Not gonna be, I appreciate the offer, sir. And Can I see the link? Contribution. Um, I'll have to forward it to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to. Well, maybe you could type it in. You could type it in manually, I suppose. Okay. All right. So there you go. So we're not going to be posting that. But I do appreciate the contribution and your attempt at help, my friend. It's uh what sets you apart from other audiences? Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. How's it going? CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. I'm talking to you now from the interview room where the National League All-Star players are at the Grand Hyatt Hotel. This is a media day here for the All-Star game. Do you feel like this is a uh, some sort of a peak or a pinnacle in terms of being an All-American broadcaster? I feel like I have reached uh, the climax of my career. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> you just ought to go home and you'd go, you'd resign and go home and destroy yourself immediately after today because it's never going to get any better. I mean, I, I literally just went you know, from table to table uh, talking to uh, some of the greatest baseball players of all time. Uh, earlier we had the American League players in here, so like Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, you know, uh, Mariano Rivera, and then the Red Sox players you know, sitting right next to them. Well, uh, and this being the year that, you know, Yankee Stadium is, is closing down and the new one's opening up next door. Lou Pinella's here. You know, he's got that storied history with the Yankees. Now he's here representing the Cubs, who are, you know, they have eight players here this year. There's so many great stories. So, uh, yeah, I think I can hang up my hat after this. So i got to ask two things. Uh, a, is Alex Rodriguez leery of the press uh, this week? Is, that, uh, is he in kind of a keep-into-himself kind of a mode? Well, they, they put it to him, you know, you, you don't want to upset the guy when you're doing questions like this, uh, you know, for one of the biggest uh, sports stories of the year. So they put it very delicately, delicately and they're like, you know, Alex, how do you uh, not uh, um, have your personal life interfere with uh, you know, a big game like this? You know, how are you able to keep it out of your mind, blah, 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 that sort of thing? And then he gave the diplomatic response, the, uh, the sound bites that you would expect him to give. So, yeah, nobody really... Uh, went off on him and asked him how Madonna. It's a whole lot of speaking in code. That's what you're doing right there. Uh, yeah. Secondly, so let me ask you this, and I never know how this works, because we, of course, you know, here at AM 970, we, have, we don't have any journalistic standards or anything like that. So, we, so we, we, don't have, we don't have to worry about following proper procedure decorum. So what, what is the, how does it work when you are there covering this for CNN, but you're also... Like you know, you're a big fan or whatever. Like you are, are you? Is it is it sort of like according to Hoyle to stop and like get a picture with a guy or, or do you just? Oh yeah, it's really uh, you can you can actually have your credentials taken away. Really? You, uh, yeah, you're really uh, not allowed to ask for autographs, take pictures with the players. It's um, something you, you don't do not just at the All Star game, but uh, in the ballparks in general. When you're at a major league game and you're you've been given uh, credentials, it's very much a privilege, and you're not there for your personal gain, so you're not allowed to uh, you know ask for autographs. I mean, we've seen guys, you know, have their credentials taken away and told they'll never be given locker room privileges again, that sort of thing, yeah. So why one can either eat one's cake or have it, one cannot do both. Exactly, correct. Um, hey, so what is and so this is, wait, so this is the the, uh, the last year for Yankee Stadium, though, right? Because they're going to, are they going right. to blow it up? 
No, but that would be spectacular. Actually, it sounds like they're auctioning off every last piece. They've got um, a demolition company coming in uh, along with an auction house, and they're pretty much, you know, taking them apart piece by piece. And, you know, the chairs from the uh, from from the field box level seats and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can even get a Yankee Stadium urinal from one of the bathrooms uh, at the end of the season. They're going to start picking it apart. And, uh, you know, people will be bidding for all this stuff. I was here in the uh, here in the Northwest. There was a huge, you know, the, where the uh, um, uh, the Seahawks used to play it was a place called the Kingdom in Seattle. And about I don't know seven eight years ago, something like that. The Kingdom, which was a massive place, it was like eighty five thousand people, I think, something like that. They actually just they full on they just exploded it. I mean, they just everybody says implosion, which I think is technically I think that's scientifically inaccurate. But they they they, they collapsed it inward though. They they blew it up and then it all. Uh, you know, just uh, fell into uh, a huge pile of bricks. It was so deeply satisfying to watch. I remember that. I think if they did it here at Yankee Stadium, there'd be a lot of upset people here. You know, blowing up that history <laughs> would not go over well. Uh, you know, you know, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, so just to name a few. You don't want to start blowing up the house that they played in. You know, <laughs> are you, you going to buy a piece of Yankee Stadium? I, I'm not. Doing, I'm not going to buy one. But when I get out there, uh, you know, tomorrow on the field, we're going to see if I can, you know, snatch a little something. <laughs> Excellent. Good for you, my friend. All right. Are you on tomorrow, sir? Yes, I am. Uh, in, in the afternoon, I'll be covering the All-Star Game, so hopefully I'll be talking to you from the stadium. Fantabulous. All right. We will speak with you then, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Fantabulous. Right. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. That's uh, it's my word of the week. So I, I found this girl's Miss Space profile. The, uh, the girl who was... Uh, I, 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 I took a look at it, and I couldn't get a read on her. I think her profile was at the private, too. Yeah, it's it's she's pretty skanky. Yeah, so really, in your estimation, there are a lot of glitter graphics and yeah, and all kinds of. You know what you stuff. ought to do? Okay, here's a great idea. You, uh, you as a woman could probably do this, and it would really work. You ought to do some article, blog, something or other about how to judge if a girl is slutty just from her MySpace profile. Oh, it's so easy. So you, well, you tell me, so what is it, what distinguishes a slutty MySpace profile well, from there's, a there's, not? You can tell a lot from a MySpace profile. You can tell slutty. You can also tell if they're, um, if, uh, the level of maturity to which they operate their lives in, be it like how they're trying to punish people with the certain moods. Like, today I'm feeling confident. And it's just like, ugh. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I could write a thing. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Like, for example, I'm looking at hers. Let me go back. There are lots of glitter graphics. There's a picture of her. Let me see. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is a picture, so this is a picture of her kneeling, and that appears to be taken at like a Sears robot, by the way. shoeless. Yes. So that, that, her I current mood is excited. I don't, exa- I don't know where that photograph was taken, but it's got one of those weird sort of grayish-white backgrounds that you associate with family photographs that are taken for $15.99 at, a, at like a, a department store somewhere. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, by the way. Uh, anyway, it, it, yeah, it says I'm, I'm fun, spunky, energetic, outgoing. I'm the kind of person you can depend on. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? Uh, all right. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Richie here uh, briefly before we talk to Amanda Moyer, who's going to be coming up here in just a few. Uh, later on today, we will have uh, the top five. Jim Rube coming up. Uh, Tim Riley at the... Don't, oh. go, don't go leching at the girl's MySpace profile. What's her name? I we're not gonna give her. We're not gonna give her. I'm going to her pictures for you. We're not gonna. Oh, we'll see if she's slutting it up in them. Uh, I, by the way, we should say we're not gonna be posting the girl's uh, link or the, the photo or whatever. I we have no evidence that she is in fact slutty. That was just the assessment of the emailer. I'll find out. <laughs> Oh, 
clothes and her pants. You're willing to do field work on it? Yeah, pick one for the team. Yes, you're. But you like your particular. Come on. It's mighty big of you, Richie. Well, she passes. Uh huh. Uh, she's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Rick wants to talk. Uh, wait. Okay. All right. Move. There, Jesus. You know what? You know what? You are. You're like when I'm trying to make a dinner or something at home with my dog, and it's like eventually I have to. You just put him in the other room uh, because as long as he sees that there's food around, it's just impossible to get him to do anything else or obey. She's a bowler, Richie, too. Oh, that's good enough for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so when is it? So you're here this week and then gone next week. When is it you're leaving? Uh, Saturday. All right. Is it, wait, this coming Saturday? No, the next Saturday. All right. And so where are you going to be staying when you're in Vegas? Uh, Asian Town. Imperial Palace. Is it actually called Asian Town? Well, it's Asian motif or whatever you call it. Oh. Imperial Palace? Yeah, isn't it? It's all Asian stuff. That's what I was sold on. Is that really been no, I just remember it being the... full of like frat well, boys. Oh, no, it's Asian food. and. But I liked all the rooms. Cause... And that's the place on the strip? Yeah, right, right the, there in the heart of it. all the rooms face into like a giant pool in the middle. So it is kind of neat to people watch because you can see. Oh, that's the place that that guy's ex-fiance, remember, fell off the balcony? Oh, no. That guy yeah. who called, and he said that he was on the phone with his fiance at the time, and she was sitting at the Imperial Palace, and she's like, oh, look. Uh, oh, and she fell into a car. No, she was looking at a car, and she fell onto the... Did she die? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I only remember... Just... How can you not remember that? That was a phenomenal, terrible story. Because <laughs> you were laughing at it. And... That's not true. That doesn't sound like a thing I would laugh at. No, you did, laughed until I, I laugh? said she said... Until he said... She's dead, and then you went. Oh, oh and then, and then, then, then I, did I have to suck the, the laughter back into my mouth? Like, oh, look, yeah. a convertible, and then that's <laughs> Oh, damn! You're laughing again. <laughs> okay, but that's you have to admit that that's kind of funny. I mean, just the you know it well, is. Well, in Palace, I never went out on the balcony either because it's scary, and the, and the balcony literally is like this low. Hey, can I ask you a question? Speaking of things that you fall into, <laughs> so uh, I was watching uh, Three Hundred last night. And somebody brought up a really interesting point about that movie, which is, you know, there's that whole thing in 300 where the guy, the, the Persian um, emissary or whatever, comes to comes to see them and demands, you know, Xerxes demands your surrender. Uh, you know, this is madness. And then what's his name? Leonidas. He, you know, it's that whole thing where he goes, you know, madness, this is Sparta. And he kicks the guy into the bottomless pit. Why do they just have a bottomless pit in the middle of the village with no railing around it? Like, what? why is that even there? For people to... Maybe they couldn't in. help it. Maybe it couldn't help it. You could cover it up. You could put like some like a chain link fence around it or something. It's a Spartan timeout. But I mean, doesn't it? <laughs> but I mean, there's no. But doesn't it seem like a phenomenally bad idea just like in the middle of your like in the middle of a city street just to have a bottomless pit around which there is no railing? I mean, maybe it's like a Spartan sort of survival. Maybe it's sort of a Darwinism in action kind of a thing. <laughs> it doesn't really seem like a thing that you would construct and just leave laying around. Be like having some sort of a thermonuclear doomsday device just sitting on the shelf next to your raisin bran. Just seems it seems sort of strange. Um, all right, so you are so anyway. So you were going to Vegas, and then do you have to make it when you're going to one of these? Because your whole thing is to go to the brothel. Now, do you have to make an appointment in advance, or can you just show up? You can. I'm, I've been look. There's other ones that are closer. I think Perump's where I need to go. I did, I thought they were all in the same place. I didn't know that. No, we'll see. I think that's that's because the Mustang Ranch has done such a good job of marketing themselves. Mm. Uh, that I think that everybody sort of feels like they're the only game in town, but that's not really the case. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a chicken ranch. I guess they got like six or seven of them. The chicken ranch sounds really unpleasant. It, it sounds be cheap, though. Well, be <laughs> the chicken ranch? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if the Mustang Ranch, where is the, I mean, do you have any idea what the Mustang Ranch 
how it compares to the others in terms of price? Well, there's Mustang Ranch and Bunny Ranch. I think they're over in the same area. Are they, and those not, are the ones that are pretty far away. Those are all the, the high glamour ones. They're not they're the classy, <laughs> the the glamorous prostitutes. Ones. Well, because because the Mustang Ranch, which is I think the ones that you, that's where you'd showed us the phonographs from, right? Uh-huh. The, uh huh. Oh, it was Bunny Ranch. And because those girls were not, I mean, that no. wasn't like top dollar. No, they're strawberries were rotten. <laughs> yes, yes, they were, Richie. Oh, Richie. Uh, so where is Pahrumpf compared to Vegas? Where is that relative? 45 minutes. Oh, that's oh, not so bad that's at all. Than and you get a free ride. Miles. Sure, and they, they'll see. Now, do you wonder, so they actually, will, will they send the car for you? Yeah, they have shuttles and they have cars going back and forth. What is the uh, What is the name of this place? Uh, it's the Chicken Ranch. Do they have a website? Like, yeah. All right, hold on. I'm sure, it's probably like chickenranch.com or something. Chicken Ranch. Chicken Ranch Brothel. Um, all right, hold on. Chicken Ranch Brothel. Uh, that is just it chicken. Creepy. There's a pair of legs coming out of mm-hmm. half an egg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, all right. Beautiful. Let's see. Oh, here we go. The, the lady of the week. You can see this, by the way, at chickenranchbrothel.com. <laughs> wow. Did you see this flash game when you first get there? Match the booty and win. Uh, that's probably uh, Amanda Moyer who's going to be made really uncomfortable by this, Richie. Could you go screen that real quick? Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, so I'm looking at this here. There's I a, should have gone to the chicken ranch. There's a... It's not like I could have had a V8. Uh, there's a... Uh, the ladies see. of the CR. There it is, Rick. There's a... What's that? Okay, thank you. Uh, let's see. The ladies of the CR. Oh. Is it a whole lot? Is it like a million miles of bad road? Wow. Free transportation 24-7. We should have um, the audience vote on which on, on one of these. We should have the they audience have their pick a girl. Oh, my gosh. Let's Sexy Lady that. Marie. Curvy, spunky punk. Let's see. Uh, let's look at Angel. All right. Uh, we'll post a link to this uh, later on. Angel? All right, I'll look at Angel with you. Lovely and luscious. Luscious is spelled S. Uh, I'm sorry. Luscious is spelled L-U-S-H-U-S. Luscious. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's an unfortunate picture of her. And then they have the yes or no about what she will... Oh, this is fantastic. <gasps> they have what she will and will they have, And they have... This is like a Playboy Playmate thing. Have okay, you ever we've got a, It's Amanda Moore. We cannot be talking about this with her oh. on the phone. Sorry. Wait, uh, where's the which she can... Well, we'll not do that. And what I meant was that uh, Lincoln-Douglas debates are... Uh, I was going to try to sound sophisticated. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, Amanda Moyer. How are you today? I am well. How are you guys? I am fantastic. Sorry, Amanda, for having to hear that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why do I know the name Cynthia McKinney? You know the name Cynthia McKinney because she's a former Georgia congresswoman, and she got into a couple of uh, major scuffles over the last couple of years. Is this is she the one who allegedly uh, slugged a cop? That's correct. She got into a, a scuffle with a U.S. Capitol Police officer who apparently didn't recognize her at a security checkpoint at the Senate. The um, and so anyway, so the reason she's in the news is because the Green Party. What? So she is. She's been nominated as the as the uh, as the president. Because I guess that here's the thing about the about the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party and its various offshoots, um, and and I, they just. I don't understand why somebody doesn't just finally just get somebody in a back room somewhere and give them a long stern talking to about divvying up the voting base like this. But so they've nominated uh, Cynthia McKinney as the presidential candidate on, on Saturday. Who and I guess she goes right next to sort of like Ralph Nader in the category of people who are just going to be there enough to irritate everybody but not to win. That's right. It's going to be her, Ralph Nader, and um, Bob Barr, who's the Libertarian candidate. So the three of them 
will be the the extras, the sideshow, if you will. That really is just like the rickety card table uh, of of the left wing of American politics. You know what I mean? Uh, where everybody else is sort of in the living room having Thanksgiving dinner, and then like you're out in the garage with the other cousins or something. Well, they have. I mean, it's just such a long shot for any of them. I think that it was in 2000 when Ralph Nader got. Three percent of the vote, and that was the most I think that that any uh, third-party candidate had gotten. It's, I mean, I think the best they can do at this point is to get some sort of a, like on that episode of the Brady Bunch where uh, where it's like Peter got that trophy that was like the good try, like the the you know like that we've like you've got heart. We know you can't actually win anything, but but you've got heart. Um, for more than three <laughs> percent. I mean, I I suppose. And uh, you know, it's just, I know that these parties are a lot bigger in other countries. Than they are here, I believe. I mean, the Green Party, like, is not just an American thing. I mean, around the world, I mean, there are actually countries where the Green Party sort of has has a little bit of clout, are there not? That's true, and it's just that here with our two-party system, these others just don't really have a chance, except they can take some votes away in a close race between a Republican candidate and a Democratic candidate. They can take away votes. So depending on how that shapes up as we get to November, that could happen. Let me just tell you this. I went to, uh, this is, I think, in 96. Uh, I went to some sort of, I don't even want to call it uh, sort of a campaign stop because there was only like 19 people there. But I went to see, I want to say Harry Brown, whoever it was that was running for president on the Libertarian ticket in 1996. And, and I really went just because I'm sort of a... I'm sort of a lowercase l libertarian. I mean, I'm certainly not a member of the, of the libertarian party, but there's any number of libertarian ideals that I sort of agree with in a vague sort of way. So I went to I went to see whatever like the campaign stop uh, for this guy, and it was just it was just like it was like going to a really poorly attended Herbalife meeting. I mean, it was just so under the the atmosphere in the air was just like the stench of political death. So I mean, I, I guess my question would be. Does does any sort of objective political observer see a time when this will be more than like a one and a half percent movement? I would have to say no, just because <laughs> I mean it's just it, as you just pointed out they're they're usually not organized very well. Um, they never get much of the vote, and uh, I mean just for it's July and she's just now becoming the nominee. So and we've had the other two candidates for how long? Yeah, well this is it really is um, the Libertarian Party and the Green Party and other parties of their ilk sort of remind me of if you've seen the movie Say Anything. Uh, they sort of remind me of that scene where John Cusack is talking to Jeremy Piven and all those guys, are, and they're trying to dispense advice to him on how to pick up girls, and he says. You know, if you guys know so much about women, how come you're sitting here on a Saturday night at a gas and sip with no women anywhere? And there's kind of the awkward pause, and then they just kind of go, uh, by choice. That's why we're here. By choice, man. And that really is the Libertarian Party is the loser guy at the gas and sip uh, of of left-wing politics. And I would say that the same goes for the uh, for the Green Party. But is anybody going to bring up the fact that she slugged a cop, do you suppose? Oh, I'm sure that'll come up. I mean, every time, when you think of her, that's what you think on the national spectrum. You don't think, I mean, most people don't think she was um, six terms, former Democratic congresswoman. The first thing they think of is comments she made about President Bush after September 11th. And the second thing is you think of this scuffle with a police officer. Well, the good thing about the Green Party is, and this goes for the, some of the other sort of fringe groups as well, is that they are sort of, um, you know, they, they do, you know what they are? They're like webisodes. Uh, you know, they're not really there to occupy a whole lot of your time. And in the grand scheme of things, they're not tremendously important to the continuity of the story. But they are there if you've got sort of a few minutes to kill and you wish to be momentarily amused by something. So there you go. Uh, are you on uh, tomorrow, Amanda? 
I am. Uh, I'm going to be working tomorrow. All right. Then we may or may not speak to you, depending on how the day's news unfolds. Until then, have a satisfying day. Okay, you too. All right, there you go. Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I've just got all of these All right, so emails. where did you find the, the things where they what they will and will not do? Uh, it's uh, Let's see. If you click on their profile... Okay, I'll, I just clicked on pictures. No, if you click on their, yeah, the, between, the behind each one of these, you click on their profile, and then there's a whole... Are we still an angel? Well, oh, I've, no, no I've, I've moved on to Brooke. Um, if you click on their profile, there's like a whole a whole page sort of describing uh, what they do, what they won't do, and then they're, and then this is the best part. If you've ever read the Playboy, you know, like the, uh, the Playmate of the Month, uh, the, the centerfold, there's that whole personality profile thing they fill out. Where it's like, you know, my turn-ons are, you know, I like dumb guys with no money, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, they have a whole thing here, too. Uh, here we go. I'm reading, this is from Brooke. Uh, Brooke, beautiful blonde. Let's see. Um, and then they list whether she's a porn star. No. Uh, whether she does sexy phone chat. She doesn't, by the way. Uh, will she uh, do couples? Uh, let's see. Uh, her birthplace, her measurements, blah, blah, blah. Turn-ons and turn-offs. <laughs> Brooke's turn-ons Brooke's turn are mean people. What are her turn-ons, Rick Emerson? Nice people. Uh, let's see. My kind of men. Nice, generous gentlemen, she says. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, this, she's really deep. I get down when I'm all alone. I, be, <laughs> I am happy when people come to see me. Uh, my clothes style is sexy. Uh, let's see. Um, favorite movie, Scarface. Favorite gift, gift cards. Uh, let's see. <laughs> favorite gift of gift cards? Favorite vacation spot, anywhere that has margaritas. And then, of course, improbably, her favorite hobby is reading. Uh, all right, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. We will roll into the uh, new news hour with Tim Riley coming up later on. James Roop will do the top five. More from Richie Bristol and more. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson radio program on Monday. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. I'm glad they're giving Amanda more interesting stories. But for the longest time, all she was talking about was like the federal deficit and gas. Also, let her know I'm not stalking her by. Are you going to be around tomorrow? She did sound a little like. <laughs> Are you going to be, guard with be that. wearing that same blue shirt? All right, that's fantastic. Oh, by the way, uh, so I got this email from somebody else who was at the country fair. Rick, I ignored your advice and went to the Oregon country fair this weekend. Uh, despite choking dust and masses of hippies, I had a good time. Uh, as for the camping, kids were up screaming and playing drums until 5 a.m. This is why I didn't go, by the way. Kids were up screaming and playing drums until 5 a.m., and I think I'm still off-gassing some incense pot and patchouli. There was no drinkable water, and the portable toilets were overflowing with feces. The outdoor campground shower I paid $2 for had cold and cold running water and was muddy. Bonus points, though, for the naked woman showering in the men's shower when I walked in. Jeff. All right. Well, see, that's the difference between you and me. I knew all those things would happen without even having gone. Uh, by the way, so my wife was good enough, God bless her, she brought me back this, it's like a, uh, like an event guide. Oh, like a schedule kind of thing? It is indeed a schedule. So this is just, I've just gone through and just highlighted a couple of these things that were happening. Um, let's see. This is, 
So this is a this was just Saturday, and I've just highlighted some of these things. On Saturday at the Oregon Country Fair in Godless Eugene, uh, let's just go through these. Um, Sindel, here's one. Ske- first thing, first event of the day. This is going to set your entire tone. Sketch comedy and improv. There's nothing I love more than sketch comedy and improv. This, some of these don't even make any sense. Happening at 1:30, mystical effervescence. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even mean anything. You know, it's a bunch of people dressed like fairies dancing around. Maybe that, that's the name of somebody. Followed by tribal fusion belly dancing. I think I cringe on behalf of everyone. Uh, let's see. At noon, there'll be a class in learning how to shimmy. 12.45, Earth Songs. Songs for Mother Earth. How about this? Uh, this, this here we go. This is at, uh, let's see, what time, what time is this happening here? At 4 o'clock, there will be a seminar entitled, Why Are You Black? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like an accusation? You Oreo cookie. Is it just a is it just a guy standing up there on stage and looking out at you with you there? I swear to God. Why are you black? Four o'clock. At four at four o'clock there will be a seminar entitled Why Are You Black? <laughs> wow. All right. Uh let's see. Uh let's uh, uh Jesus, it's just lots of... I've seen three different things here that promise jug band music. Um, you are a healer. Um, bubble magic. Jesus. <laughs> no. That Mas- sounds like my personal hell. Ma- <laughs> Masters of levity. Uh, God damn. All right. Well, anyway, so this is... Uh, let's see. This is... Uh, here we go. This is... Finally, this is happening. Here's the last thing. This is at 8.30 p.m. that night. I swear to God, this is the entire description. Wizards battle for the fate of the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, the Oregon Country Fair. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An escaped prisoner is on the loose. An inmate being transported from Oregon State Forest and work camp escaped this morning. It was the second time in three weeks that a prisoner from the South Fork Forest Camp got away. A white supremacist gang member who walked away in June was recaptured Saturday in Gresham after a police chase. The young man escaped uh, this morning was in a transport van in North Portland heading for the Columbia River Correctional Institute near PDX. How 29-year-old Jeffrey Lane got loose and whether he was shackled remains questioned. Uh, the van was at I-5 and Marine Drive. He is wearing brown flip-flops, a green uh, jumpsuit, and maybe green firefighting pants. He's serving uh, 30 months of burglary and was due for release in October 2009. He was coming from the camp, a satellite of the minimum security Columbia River prison. That camp has 200 beds, and the inmates earn 3 to $4 an hour working on forestation products. Uh, so uh, let's see here. Then on June 29th, Donald Bennett... Walked away from a camp for the second time in seven years. It was doing time for burglary at an authorized use. He was captured after sneaking into a woman's Troutdale home, stealing her car keys, and eventually leading police on a chase. It ended after he crashed into some bushes. Then they brought out the dogs and finally, well, got him back into custody. Excuse me. <clears throat> what? I said, excuse me. <clears throat> I don't know what caused that. Would you like to uh, take a moment to clear your throat, Tim Riley? Yes, please. (laughs) That was like the voice of Dorian Gray over there suddenly. All right, let's try this again. (laughs) 
Mr. Riley, some water. Richie, would you bring me a cup of water, please? <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was fine a second ago. <laughs> like you, you did one story that was fine, and then you opened your mouth, and it was just a bunch of pops and wheezing that came out. I know. I don't know what it's all about. <laughs> Jesus. You know what will solve this is if you bat at the dust in the air some more. <laughs> Richie, thank you. All right. What? A little bit better. Your microphone is off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the Maybe best day ever. Maybe we should start this week over. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Have I told you about the woman with the 141 tumor? No, tumor. 140-pound tumor. I barely knew her. <clears throat> well, Linda Rittenback tried all the diets and workshop and all the fads that ladies enjoy. Still, it didn't help her lose weight. With their tiny female <laughs> minds. A doctor has even suggested a weight loss surgery. But it wasn't until the Redmond woman went to a different doctor this spring from flu-like symptoms that she found out why she couldn't shed those pounds. You see, it was a 140-pound tumor. It's been growing for 20 years. Now, the doctor told me I had two choices, either live or die. <laughs> she chose to live. <laughs> really? I wonder if he did it. Did he actually try to position it? I, as, I guess it was a multiple choice. As choices? Yes. That's sort of like when you, uh, you know, like when the Windows thing appears, it says you must restart your computer now, but really the yes is just, or the no is grayed out, like you have to hit mm. the yes. That seems like he's trying to fashion a choice where one doesn't really exist. So she chose A, live. It took doctors in Redmond and Portland three surgeries in over two months to remove the tumor. Ugh. Doctors yeah. had to remove her kidneys. And Where was the tumor? Uh, let's see. Uh, it was in her stomach. Yeah. So they had to take out, you know, her insides, like an alien autopsy, and put everything back in <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Did they just set all that stuff on a table next to you? Oh, the only problem is... The only problem. <laughs> What's the only problem, they were able. They were only able to put one of the kidneys back. So they, they should have numbered the parts beforehand. Well, what, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but that's the way it turned out. But she chose life. And uh, in making that choice, she fault. chose not to have all the parts put back in the right place afterwards. Is this like when you take your toaster apart when you're a kid and then you can't, you, you get it back together and there's just 15 screws and a washer that don't seem to go anywhere? Exactly. Yeah. All right. A 140-pound tumor? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, how big is that? Does it say how large it is? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, they didn't show a picture of the tumor. But I mean, but but see, that's the, 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 the don't you want to see a picture of it? I mean, that's the thing I with the story. I mean, and don't you? I mean, do you wonder if the tumor's floating in a big, uh, in like a huge, like a test tube somewhere? Maybe, they, maybe it's a next exhibit at OMSI. It'll be at uh, it'll be like at Pier seventy two next to that uh, next to that mummy. So apparently, this type of tumor is extremely rare. Uh, but it doesn't make sense to have it become a chronic problem. Therefore, you have to have it removed. All right. So uh, Linda chose a life, and she's still living, but with, uh, without the tumor and one kidney. Wouldn't you be suspicious if you had a tumor that went for 140 pounds in 20 years and no doctor ever noticed it? Well, I'm wondering how big the woman is then. I'm guessing she was, I mean, she must. She had to have been at least twice that, right? Mm. Well, she didn't look any different than any other woman in her hometown of Redmond, apparently. <laughs> she was a proud Northwestern female, Tim. She was. <laughs> So no one, no one was any the wiser. I was just going to say this. She was just a walking tumor. 
Dockers and flannel will hide a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on for many, many years. Yes. So. Okay. So uh, she chose a lie. That's uh, that's wonderful. Uh, let's see. Somebody gets uh, stabbed at a max stop. No. Yeah, the one underneath the Burnside Bridge at one of the morning. So if you're standing at the max stop at one of the you really have it coming to you. Don't stand at the max stop one of the morning. Somebody will come up and stab you like it happened over the weekend. Uh, it appears that this year's new emphasis on riding single file and other measures helped 9,500 to uh, Seattle to Portland bicycle riders make the trip safely. The 29th year saw about 2,500 bicyclists complete the trek in one day. Why? They must have been pedaling fast. While the other uh, 7,000 took their time enjoying the warm weather. Warm? It was scorching. And there was uh, plenty of good company to arrive uh, yesterday. Wait, I'm back on this max stabbing. Where was this? Burnside and where? You know, it's underneath where the mission is. You you go underneath that bridge. Oh right, yeah, okay. And it's smelly, and, and there's bird poop everywhere, and an ATM, and people standing around looking for cigarette Because that's where, it's right where the Saturday market happens. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, but, but that boy doesn't. You know what? Seem... It's not the Saturday market. It's a no man's land. <laughs> <laughs> it's an every man for himself market. Um, the um, but I don't know what what bank it is that has that ATM down it, there. It's the please coming to rob me right now. I ATM. was gonna say, I was gonna say, but isn't that the most ill? Isn't that the most ill-advised location for an ATM? Uh, I mean, right underneath the Burnside Bridge on whatever that cross street is, wherever that is, mm-hmm. that does seem like it's just a mugging waiting to happen, man. I mean, it's like it might as well just dispense the money right into a shredder and stab you. I mean, you have selected to a knife that goes right into your chest. <laughs> Instead of that twenty dollar bill, it looks like one of the. Might as well get it over with. It's going to happen anyway. Where you just put your card in the and the ATM just shoots you in the face. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, just being realistic. Well, that I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, and the I mean, the only small comfort you get at some of those ATMs is there's that tiny camera there which will capture the hooded face of your assailant as he bludgeons you into a paste and Do you takes know your this wallet. Killer? Yeah. <laughs> and so you get the, and plus the big uh, whatever the big like fisheye mirror that's there so you can see the hammer coming up behind you right before it goes into the back of your skull. Good God almighty. All right. I tried. Can I just I get something of the air in here? I'm I fine. You. Uh, You're saying that now. Well, you know, uh, I did clean the studio this weekend, but I, I probably stirred up a lot of dust. In the process. I By the way, I was fine till I started reading. Well, and let me tell you, well, that, I guess that's every day that I cleaned the studio. And Sarah has been complaining of allergies for some time. I know the dead flowers. Not just one; there were actually two. There were two dead bouquets of flowers over there, like full-on Morticia Adams flowers. That were like they a, looked pretty. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I touched them, and immediately a cloud of like pollen and dust <laughs> came off of them. So I didn't get a chance to vacuum the studio, but that's going to be this week. I'm going to bring the Roomba in and let him. Uh, let him take a whack at the studio. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, let's try again then. Oh, this sounds frightening. How would you like to be a teen and find a scorpion in your jeans? Not at all, thank you. Well, this is what happened to a 17-year-old boy. He was staying at a Tumwater motel. He knew something was seriously wrong when he felt the sharp pain in his leg, followed by the frightening rush of numbness. You see, Kyle Holman had been stung by a scorpion, an extremely rare occurrence here even in the Northwest, and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> His mother said uh, someone was the first patient to be treated for a scorpion sting ever at Olympia's uh, Providence St. Peter's Hospital in 37 years. So he's going to be a hero at school. Apparently. Wait, is that here? Tumwater, yeah. Where's Tumwater? Tumwater is... Isn't that where Radar O'Reilly is from? I don't know. All right. I've never been to Tumwater proper, mind you. But I've seen it on the way up uh, north. You've seen it on your way to someplace more interesting? Yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, he was medicated and monitored for six hours at the hospital. He's completely recovered. When it first happened, Kyle wasn't sure that things would turn out so well. He felt a sharp pain in his leg, and his leg just started twitching and stuff. 
So he called 911, and the medics arrived at the motel. Uh, they said they found a 17-year-old kid who got bit by something. They didn't know what it was. It was just crawling around. We found his jeans, and we found the scorpion crawling around inside his jeans. Firefighters captured the quarter-sized scorpion in the cup and sapped some photos of it. Uh, so here's a picture of the scorpion. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want that in your pants. I don't want that in my pants. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he'll be fine eventually. A tour bus operator who disappeared along with his 40-foot bus has been found dead inside the bus. This uh, fellow's name is Gordon Jensen. He's 66 in Port Orchard, Washington. He was missing, and his wife called up, saying it wasn't like him at all. Well, before he, he was uh, uh, found, his wife said it was completely out of character. Apparently, he dropped some patients, uh, students off for a shopping trip near the Portland airport, then picked them up and drove them downtown to do more shopping. He said he returned at 530 didn't show up to pick them up. Uh, so they found him uh, dead of natural causes inside his bus. There is a lot of dust in here. <clears throat> a man running it. Seriously, I'm glad that you're feeling it, Tim. It's just going to circle way fix, over to Rick. Thanks for fixing it so we can hardly breathe in here. <laughs> thanks, it's what Rick. I, it's what I do. Rick Emerson lives to help. <laughs> Jesus. You, you're complaining about my flowers, but at least I can breathe. Have you guys considered the fact that you may have tuberculosis? I'm just saying. Oh, it's like you turn on the vacuum cleaner in reverse and we're all inhaling. Well, to, <laughs> this is why you don't clean radio stations, because some things should never be stirred up. To be up. fair, I did this more than a whole... I more than a scorpion in my jeans. I did, <laughs> I did this more than a day ago, so I did, so the dust would have a chance to settle. Apparently that didn't happen. <laughs> it hasn't happened. That did not have the desired effect. It's just made things worse. Well, well, we are very grateful that you cleaned it. I was, I was, trying, to, I was trying to help. Eventually, we'll thank you when we can speak again. <laughs> I'll bring the Roomba in uh, tomorrow and have it clean the studio. That'd be nice. A man riding on his tractor was killed over the weekend when the tree fell on him. 41-year-old, not immediately identified, but it happened in Clackamas County in Malala. It happened at uh, 12.30 in the afternoon, just hours before a family reunion. Uh, the, chaplain, the chaplain and traumatic intervention program team was sent to the home to help relatives, but it kind of ruined the family reunion when he didn't show up. The drive wow. A, what? Nothing. A drive to remain at Portland Street says Chavez is heated up again. This time, the organizers hope to avoid controversy that divided the city. No street has been identified, but they want everyone to know they're up to cause trouble again. Big fire on Mount Adams, wherever that is. Can we back up for just a second? Uh, this is the uh, not Sid Caesar nor Caesar Romero. Cesar Chavez. We should totally get a street named after Cesar Romero instead. That'd be great. With like a big Joker face. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> Right up at the, that would be. We should totally put in a position just to just to muck up the works. Yes. We should immediately file one petition to get us. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We, this is genius. This is genius. We, we ought to put in one to get a street named after Caesar Romero. We ought to put in one to get a street named after Sid Caesar. We ought to get one. Uh, how about uh, we ought to get one is submitted to name a street after Julius Caesar. Have I missed anybody else? Caesar salad. All right, Caesar dressing. That's, uh, uh, have I done anything else? Uh, I think that... Search and seizure. No, that's, I mean, because, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, maybe I'm incorrect about this. But isn't this the same group of people that didn't follow the rules last time? I'm not sure they followed the rules or not. But, I mean, I I thought that was not the case. I thought that... Oh, wait a minute. That's true, because there was something about Interstate Avenue you couldn't do. Then they said, hey, why don't we do 4th Street? That's where City Hall is. And all of a sudden, no. no but no, I think, but I, if I remember correctly, I think the deal with, with this Cesar Chavez business is that 
And I don't have anything against Cesar Chavez. It has nothing to do with I, I think it's just that they didn't follow the rules. I think they... I think they cut right to the head of the line, and they didn't present it to the public, which I do believe you are legally required to do. And I think Tom Potter just tried to shove it through uh, without due process, which is what aggravated people. And, I mean, that's the difference between that and that rename 42nd.org, which Aaron Duran is doing to get 42nd renamed for Douglas Adams, because he's actually following all of the proper procedure and so forth. All right. I'm totally going to look into this and see what, see what I have to do to get, um, see what I have to do to get a, a street named after Cesar Romero. That'd be great. That is, that's fantastic. All right. Excellent. I'll look into that later on this afternoon instead of doing real work. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a forest fire near Mount Adams is growing rapidly, sending huge smoke plumes into the sky. This is happening about 11 miles northeast of Trout Lake, wherever that is. It's uh, burning acres and acres and acres. And at first, they thought that it was uh, Mount St. Helens erupting again, but it is not. That's what Sarah called me about yesterday. I d- that's exactly it. Yeah, my friends and I were uh, driving out to Target, and we looked, and there's this huge plume, and it looked like smoke. Sarah called me yesterday, and she was like, hey, this is a crazy question. Did, uh, did Mount St. Helens erupt? And I said that I didn't think it had. And then, like an idiot, I went and I sat down, and I Googled it while I was on the phone with her because I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But apparently, you're saying it was where? It was a brush fire? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Trout Lake. You know how I found out? I turned on Couple. And because they have a live personality on, yes, they do, I was Tim. able to find out immediately. The young lady who was... Uh, so I'm sorry, Tim, what was it? What was the... It uh, is a forest fire. Okay. It's still going on. Oh, by the way, um, I saw a picture of the tumor lady here. She's just as attractive as you might imagine. Nah. Now or later? Is this a before or after shot? Um, yeah, I'm assuming this is after. Although, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's, that's, let's see. I think I might have a little uh, sound here. Hold on. Let's see if I can get the... Uh, sound of a tumor. Let's, it's, like the quiet, it's like the quiet storm, but it's, uh, it's a tumor. Uh, let's see here. See if I can get this to... Um, oh, they're going to make me listen to this uh, pre-roll here. All right, hold on. So this, her name is Linda Rittenbach of Redmond. No. Uh, let's see. She says, this is the best quote... You get bigger and bigger and bigger, she says. That's just part of a natural side effect of living in Redmond. A Redmond woman's recovering tonight after she had a 140-pound tumor removed. That's right. News Channel 21's Amy Easley found out this woman knew something was wrong for years, but no doctor could diagnose it until now. It's a story you'll only see here on News Channel 21. This is a KTBZ. Throughout her life, Linda Redenbach has struggled with her weight. Wow. Wow. Boy, there's some photos of uh, of her, of course, wearing a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. Oh no, is she really? That tells you everything. That tells you everything no, you need no. to know. I mean, she's getting all fancied up. <laughs> I can't believe. The... I'm gonna be on the TV. Get me my Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm going to the VFW to learn a new line dance tonight. <laughs> Go fetch me my poo shoes. I heard there's an old you can eat dinner over at the VFW hall. Until you could keep going to your doctor and you go. You're just fat. You need to lose weight. But Linda had tried every diet, every workout, but the pounds wouldn't go away. Oh, man, they're picking the worst photos of her, too. They're they're showing all of these. Seriously, like this woman. No, they're they're probably glamour shots down there. (laughs) (laughs) They're showing showing these, you know, presumably the before uh, pictures when she had this 140-pound tumor. Um, how angry and snidely she's saying, they just told me I need to lose weight. It's like, really? Well, I'm looking at the after photo, and I don't really know. I don't know that that statement is so inaccurate even now. Um, that's what I'm saying, because you have to be a certain size to not understand, you know, to well, that's not thing. notice a 140-pound mass that shouldn't be on your body. That's a fair point, Sarah. You know, if Tim, if you had a 140-pound tumor, you'd notice that. 
That's more than what I weigh. That's what I'm saying, because you're in <laughs> shape. Really? Oh, you bastard. I weigh 135. Whatever. Uh, anyway, I what were you going to? I weighed 139. Remember, we <clears throat> I weighed my. That's right, because you put on those because you put on the pesky uh, four pounds over the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happens every winter. Yeah, life is hard. Uh, I weigh 188 pounds. You jerks. Really? Yes, I do. Do you have a problem with that? Sad. Yes, it is. Well, no, he's a taller fellow. Thank he's you. He's 5'11", and he has more hair than he used to. You know, that's, it's all. It, and that's where my weight comes from. It, uh, it's just talent. All that and, hair. It's just <laughs> hair and talent. Uh, so, but I'm looking at these before pictures of this woman with this 140 pound tumor, and I mean, I was gonna say that you know the the news organization is picking the the wrong photos of her to show. They're picking unflattering photos, but these are still photographs from earlier in her life. So clearly, the news organization just was using the raw material they had, and a lot a lot of photos of her seem to be taken with her with her mouth just completely wide open but doing sure that's your mouth but doing nothing in particular like sort of like imagine if you were kind of going ah you know with your mouth wide open but if you just left it like that that's kind of what well, oh, clutching a bouquet of, oh man what is wow. she Weight Clutching a bouquet of flowers with her mouth open, just staring at the camera. So she's looking for some cheese. Yeah. To put okay, on. It wasn't until Linda went to a different doctor for flu-like symptoms that she found out what was really wrong. He told me I was going to have to have surgery, and it scared me. Doctors told Linda a 140 cancerous tumor was growing near her stomach. It had likely been growing for 15 to 20 years. My doctor told me that I had two choices, mm. and that was it. By the way, the 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 really the unfortunate thing about this story is that it's flu-like symptoms, and the you know everything in these stories starts with flu-like symptoms. Look at this photograph of her with her mouth wide open. Wait, hold on a second. Let's see if I can. Um, see if I can. Get Belinda and then has tried every diet, every workout, but the pounds wouldn't. Right there. Away. Look at this photo. What the hell is what's going on there? I mean, why would you allow yourself to be photographed like that, even in Redmond? Uh, anyway, Rick, Radar O'Reilly is from Ottumwa, Iowa. Tumwater is just south of Olympia, uh, and then he says, the capital of Washington, thank you, which is just south of Tacoma, which is just south of Seattle. All right. Uh, but I'm thankful we live in Oregon every day when we get to do stories about 140-pound tumors. I mean, But she isn't that, I mean, she's bigger, but she isn't that bigger. I mean, how would you well, here's the other thing that on your body? The other thing I don't understand is that they actually say, that it was a 140-pound cancerous tumor, but that doesn't seem possible because she had it for 20 years. I don't believe you can have a cancer. It wouldn't it just kill you by then? I mean, it seems like I you, would imagine so. You can't have cancer for 20 years. That I'm. I call shenanigans on that. What with my degree in oncology, and I'll hire on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Tim. What's hey. up? Hey, you've got the most famous seizure of all. I can't believe it. Mm. Seizure. <laughs> I barely knew her. Ah, all right. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, bye. Uh, let's see. Um, all right, Kristen Bowie is coming to my defense. She says, in your defense, I'm allergic to everything, says Kristen, and for the first time in a week, I didn't sneeze uncontrollably in the studio today. Thank you for cleaning it. So there you Whatever. go. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's your detergent. <clears throat> Who's putting detergent in their mouth? Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> How are you doing I said, no, you know what? We have a rule in this studio that if two out of three of us agree on something, that it's it's the law. Yeah, that's that's, that the law. that's fair. All right. So fine. you can just start sneezing now. Okay. Seattle's hot. 
<laughs> Seattle's high-tech self-cleaning toilets. Should be showing up on eBay this week. The city is auctioning off the toilets after writing off the experiment as a total failure. These are five toilet modules. They were spread across downtown. They were supposed to help the homeless. But police say they served mostly as magnets for prostitution and drug deals. See what happens when you try to help the unfortunate? The Seattle Post Intelligencer said over the weekend that the toilets would cost the city $5 million. That includes money to decommission them. Wait, so, they, so they're getting rid of the toilets? Yes. Now, that kind of throws a stick in the spokes, because I thought we were going to be getting those here. Maybe. Well, we're going to give them a chance. Seattle quit. Apparently, that's where all the prostitutes are hanging out. Well, okay, well, where, where are you supposed to whiz if you're in Seattle now? It's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true suburbanite. Take care of it yourself, hippie. Get a house. Fine, sorry, whatever. So I, I don't know how much it costs to decommission these. Does that mean to take their badges away? I don't know. What is it? You break their sword on the lawn. Uh, all right, and that's in uh, that's in Seattle. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, Washington's Department of Transportation says there may be delays at times as it works on a temporary fix for the Chuckanut Driver Overpass. The what? Chuckanut Driver Overpass on I five <laughs> in Burlington. Engineers say the Chuckanut Driver Overpass. Support beams need repairs after they were hit by a semi last week. Uh, DOT, which I guess is like their ODOT, says it will replace the damaged support beam sometime this year on Chequanut Drive. By the way, uh, so I guess they can only change one street name per year to reduce confusion because of the city bylaws. So that's why Aaron is, is trying to push so hard to get 42nd legally changed to Douglas Adams. Because he tried to get sort of the, the, the early, um, you know, the, the early, uh, whatever you call it, the jump on that, because they're trying to do this thing with Cesar Chavez Boulevard for the second year in a row, having having tried to do it, I believe, illegally last year. So, all right. So, anyway, uh, time for a corpse watch. Here's your corpse watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I'm digging up this guilt that my breathing is going splendidly. It'll get to your side I, of the it'll count catch up with time. Maybe you're just inhaling all the dust before it has a chance to float over here. I thank you. Our cloud hangs over us. I, I have no <laughs> doubt that you're going to get it. All right. Uh, from Madison, Wisconsin comes word. Wisconsin law bans sex with dead bodies. The state Supreme Court has ruled this after reinstating charges against three men accused of dicking up a corpse. Uh, so one of them could have sex with it. Now, well, the other guys had to do the work, and they didn't even get to have sex with the corpse. No, they, they just had to do the work for the one guy. Well, they were too tired after, didn't they? <laughs> the court waded into the grisly case after the lower court judges ruled nothing in state law ban necrophilia. Those decisions prompted public outrage and a push for state lawmakers to make sex with a corpse a crime. This is a 5-2 decision the high court in uh, Wisconsin makes sex acts with dead people illegal because they're unable to give consent. That does make sense. The ruling reinstates the attempted sexual assault charge against two twin brothers, Nicholas and Alexander Grunky, <laughs> Grunky, and their accomplice Dustin Ratke. They're all 22. I don't, I don't want to be honked by any guy named Grunky. Grunky just sounds unpleasant. So their names are Nicholas and Alexander, the twins. Uh, they could get 10 years in prison. Dear Officer Grunky, Justice Patience Rogensack, <laughs> Rogensack, and her first name is Patience. 
Uh, well, the majority opinion with three other justices said the state law bans sexual intercourse with anyone who does not give consent, whether the victim is dead or alive at the time. Uh, the police say the three men carrying shovels, a crowbar, and a box of condoms... Well, of course. ...went to a cemetery in southwestern Wisconsin to dig up the body of Laura Tennyson, who was 20, who oh. killed a week before in a motorcycle, cra- motorcycle crash. <clears throat> Nicholas Grunke had also seen an obituary photo of her and probably thought she was hot. Did we have one of these stories a couple of years ago? Uh, maybe. It might be the... These si- are fresh ones. Uh, these, and here's why. Another reason why you don't want to drive a motorcycle, Sarah. And to be in rogered in your casket by some dead by oh, some uh, you know, body guy. I want to be cremated. All right. Well, that'd make it more difficult, I suppose. Maybe you could have a, a chip in your casket <laughs> if somebody opens it. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, Grinky has seen the obituary photo and asked the others to help dig her out so they could have sexual intercourse. How do you suppose that conversation started? Like, did he sort of put it between two other innocuous things that they might do that night to kill some time? Sort of a, well, we could go get a snow cone or dig up that girl's body and have sex with her or go pick up a new PlayStation game. What do you guys want to do? And then there was just an awkward silence in the room, and then everybody slowly raised their hand and this sex with dead girl. Well, the men used shovels to reach her grave, but weren't able to pry open the vault. They ran away when a car drove into the cemetery, and they were eventually arrested. The men have been charged with third-degree sexual assault and misdemeanor attempted theft charges. Are they attractive young boys, Tim? I don't know. Let me have their photos there. Like- well, they, they kind of look like uh, geeks. <laughs> one with uh, long hair, one with short hair. The two twins. Do they look like they're well, like they're well adjusted socially? Well, no, not. Really. Let me let me see. Let me look if I can see if they're. Uh... Oh no, 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 they're not attractive in any way. These are exactly the kind. If I gave you a thousand guys in the lineup and I said, "Look, some of these guys are digging up a girl whose obituary picture they thought was pretty hot, so they can have sex with the body." Mm. Who are they? You would immediately pick these three dudes out. All right. What, and the two of them are brothers. Yeah. What kind of weird household do you have to come from? Both, it, I, you know what's amazing is they're both bad twins. Let's just and let me just they're both they're both the evil twin. And and I was going to say that I'm just speculating now. In some theoretical sense, if I hatched such a scheme, if I said, "Hey, there's that hot uh, dead girl. Let's uh let's go go dig her up and have our way with her." I'm relatively certain I would have difficulty finding one other person to sort of help me out with that. The fact that there was three of these kids who all thought that idea was good and worth pursuing really does say something bad about Wisconsin. Maybe like the McDonald's closed early in their hometown and they were poor. (laughs) Ew. There was nothing good on pay-per-view that night. All right. Grand Theft Auto 4 was all rented out. Uh, okay, let's uh, close that. That's your corpse watch for uh, I'm Jesus. Take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, more from Tim Riley after this. Still to come today, Religious Nutcase Watch, Geek Watch, Clergy Watch. Uh, top five dark songs of all time as we count down to the premiere of The Dark Knight this coming Thursday night slash Friday morning. Plus Peter Carlin. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next.
That's what I thought you might have been asking me. No, 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 well, no. Well, you already have a tattoo, right? Yeah, I have one. All right, and this is another one. You're get, you and your sister are getting matching yeah, tattoos? Yeah, I don't want to say what it is until I get them, but yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm super excited. Actually, I'm getting two. Is it going to be a skull with a jester hat? It sure is. Excellent. Riding a unicorn. Hello, Tim Riley. That's fantastic. Hello, hello. That I'm is... jealous I don't have a tattoo. That's... Are you really? We can trade that out. No, that's... Hold on a second. <laughs> no, let me... I can get that traded out by the end We're of the show, Tim. Tim could totally move you... on Hawthorne. He would be a bicycle, bicycle would... riding tattoo. Can, can I just stuff those words back? Would you get a tattoo if I got it traded out? No. Have you ever considered getting a tattoo? No. Have you... You've never, for the, even a moment, pondered it? No. My, my family would disown me. Is there? Is there any... Okay, now, is it just because of family pressure? Yes. What, okay, so let's assume, uh, let's assume that your family were all transported to Mars. Uh, if your family was not an issue, what would the tattoo? What would you be getting as the tattoo? This is fascinating. Oh, okay. If you could, I don't get, know what are the choices. If you, well, the choices, the only limits are those of your imagination, Tim. Naked lady mud flap. <laughs> Seriously, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you get that done. I will write you a check for a thousand dollars today if you agree to get a naked lady mud flap put like on one of your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll sign my car over to you. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, did you? But now, did you ever pine for a tattoo as a younger man? No, but you know, it's funny. I used to walk by. I was living in Long Beach, California, and uh -huh. you would walk by the the nation's oldest tattoo a place tattooery every day, because you know, back in the old days, Long Beach was the big place for the U.S. Navy. Sure. And then they moved in San Diego. Well, the Navy went away, but this tattoo shop has been there for like 100 years. Yeah. And I used to walk by it all the time. And did you ever stop and look in the window like a child looking in a, uh, up, up against the glass of a candy store? Just thinking to yourself, someday I will be able to get a tattoo. It was busy all the time. Uh, what, about like a, what about like a pair of dice that are rolling a seven? No. What about a skull with a dagger through it that's on fire? Oh, I like that. Seriously, they used wearing a pair of bitchin' shades. This is now. Is it a thing that you've a just pair of never bitchin' shades? You've, you've <laughs> never even pondered it because of your family. Well, that I you know I don't think I look proper walking around with something. Like, <laughs> you know, there are certain people that it, it lends something to their parents. Well, there's people who are at the same. Okay, to be fair, same reason I don't have one. Uh, I, I don't mean, have, tasty white geeky people like me really don't look good. I'm food. I'm right there with you, Tim. I don't really. I've I've never had a desire to after I got because I got the one that I have when I was like 16 and rebellious. And so I've never had that I've never had a desire until Heather and I came up with this idea, and I'm like, I'm so super excited. So I'm gonna we're gonna get them done when I'm in New York. See, and I can't think of like if my name was Bluto or something like that, and I walked around <laughs> with these <laughs> rocky bulging biceps. <laughs> Perhaps a tattoo might lend itself to my appearance. Your name was Timmy the Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend has the best tattoo. I told you about him. My friend has knuckles tattooed on his knuckles. Um, is that the wait? Have I met him? Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the guy that talked about getting a six-pack tattooed on his stomach? Yes. That is so right. But he has a tattooed, um, the knuckles one is, um, it's like invisible ink, basically. Phosphorescent but it, yeah, or something? Yeah, phosphorescent, exactly. So it glows in black lights. So you can see just knuckles on his, on his fingers. That's wonderful. If your name was like a, if your name was like Kneecaps uh, Riley or something, yeah. if you were like a mob enforcer. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't, it should be noted, I don't have a tattoo, nor do I have anything pierced anywhere. Uh, because I just, I think some people can make that work and some people cannot. I don't believe... I mean, and, and I can't think of anything that I would really want. I mean, unless unless it was like, you know, like some couple that gets like their, you know, like you get your wife's name or something. But I just I think it's a little corny. I don't think I could do that. I and, and so I can't think of anything to which I am 
so attached that I'd want to just have it, it tattooed on me forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, those people that are like, as much as I'm not into to, uh, to kids or tattoos, there's people who are like, when their kids are born, they have their kids' birth date tattooed on their arm or whatever. Like footprints or whatever. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I can, I can sort of, I can see why you would do that. But I have no equivalent. They're like, what am I going to get my dog's face tattooed on my arm? There's just nothing. So, all right, well, you keep, keep an open mind, Tim. I can get that taken care of by the end of the week. I noticed how swiftly that moved. You could have it done right here in the studio. We'd have the guy come in. He'd tat- Didn't we have that done? Did somebody get a, come in and get a tattoo on the air in the studio at one point? I don't know. I don't think so. I know we, not well, I re- not that I remember. No, it must have been before I was here. I've done that in the past. I did that at a radio station where I used to work. Uh, Clyde got a tattoo on my show at one point. A guy came in and a tattoo. I got tad, uh, tad. Clyde got a tattoo on my show at one point. Somebody else got a tattoo on the air, I think, when I was first at Fisher. And then I had a girl get her tongue pierced on my show at one point. And that was many years ago. And that was unnerving because her tongue was right near the microphone. And then you heard the, like, sound when the thing went through. That was oh. right, right, goes right through the gristle. That's no good. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a new crop of designers are set to compete in Bravo's Project Runway. It's about to unveil the cast for the fifth season. They're ages 23 to 42, and it starts this Wednesday, I believe. And two of them are from the Northwest. 23-year-old Blaine hails from Yakima. And uh, there's also a Portland person here. Let's see if I can find her name. Somebody from Portland. Leanne is 27 years old, and she resides in Portland. Maybe just an old-school radio microphone on one of your shoulders. Like, if you got the old uh, RCA microphone, the old, uh, like, the Sinatra microphone? Hmm. Yeah, what is that microphone that's, like, cylindrical? Do you know what I'm talking about? It looks like a cold capsule. Yeah, I know what it looks like. Uh, the one that you see on the CBS, like, Ike thing when you log on there? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, maybe right there on your, uh, maybe on your left shoulder. Maybe about an inch by half an inch. I don't know. All right. Well, you think on it. All right. All right. So, oh, by the way, our uh, our news at noon is brought to you by Leafs Auto Collision Center's finest in collision repair. Go to Leafs.com and find out what Leafs can do for you. The proud sponsor of the Noontime News Hour. Time for a snuff watch. Here's your, really? Yeah. Here's your snuff watch for, uh, what's it, uh, Monday, the Rick Emerson Show. And former White House Press Secretary Tony Snow passed uh, away. He was only 53. Vice President Dick Cheney said he was the star of the Republican Party on yesterday's Fox News Sunday. He tells how Snow, who died of cancer Saturday, became an important figure in the nation's conservative political movement. I always thought of him as a guy who understood uh, very well the purposes of government and that they were limited. That there were some things government shouldn't do that we uh, are best able to do for ourselves. Tony Snow uh, told it as he saw it. Tony was uh, was an effective articulate of that. He was a tough critic of the Bush administration. As press secretary, he obviously had uh, had written some tough criticism of us. Nick Cheney said Snow was respected by the media. Tony would stand up there and give as good as he got, and he always did it with great good humor. Uh, he was unfailingly polite. Uh, everybody loved him. So that's uh, Tony Snow is only 53 years old. Uh, I sort of forgot he even existed. Yeah. Because he was the press secretary, and then he quit, and then he what's her name? for 17 months, and then it became Dana Perino. Dana Perino, who's hot and evil. Uh, and speaking of evil, did you ever just sort of 
Because you can, I think, forget because George W. Bush has become such a non-factor. He's just become so irrelevant. Well, we don't play a sound bites because people have a habit of turning off the radio and then they don't come back. <laughs> so I'm just not going to contribute to that. <laughs> because I'm not going to contribute to our own demise. You might have George W. I was just going to say, okay, let's back up because that's a thing inside a thing. A, so you agree with me on that, that the sound of George W. Bush's voice is, in fact, a tune-out. Yeah, I'm not going to do that to us. Uh, <laughs> we, we have enough problems to overcome on a daily basis to be contributing to it. I'm not going to contribute to our own demise. I'm that smart. It'd be like playing the sound of a dental drill for yeah. five or six minutes a day. Um, if you want to hear them, there are plenty of places to find them, but I don't think there are any takers. Well, there. you know what? Becca, when she worked in promotion, she said that. It, that I remember that at one point, uh, I, the State of the Union address was this. Something was happening. And W was on the TV, and he was bumping his gums about something or other. And she actually said that it gave her like a physical pain to hear him talk. Uh, that I mean, she could read quotes from George W. Bush, but to actually hear George W. Bush speak out loud just caused her just such agita uh, that she couldn't even, uh, you know, she couldn't even deal with it. So I agree with you on that. Also, because George W. Bush has just become the forgotten president at this point, you sort of can also forget about Dick Cheney, except every now and again, I will sort of sit up in the middle of the night and realize that Dick Cheney is still in power, and then it gives me kind of like a case of the cold sweat night terrors for about five or six minutes. And then I just have to breathe deeply and go back to sleep. Because he does seem like a truly nefarious person. Yeah. All right. uh, There's your snuff watch for uh, Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Yeah, I wish I had the sound of this. The longtime Washington talk show host John McLaughlin is facing fire today for referring to Barack Obama as an Oreo during wow. his McLaughlin group show. That really is astounding. Uh, the veteran Washington journalist was discussing the recent comments with the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who was caught, well, we know. And uh, then he said, uh, well, he called him an Oreo cookie, apparently. So, but I mean, what is the actual quote? Uh, let's see here. McLaughlin said Obama, quote, fits the stereotypes uh, blacks once labeled as an Oreo. A black on the outside, a white on the inside, unquote. Does it cross? What, what does that even mean? I ask you, as as though you were John McLaughlin. So he, he continues, does it frost Jackson, Jesse Jackson, that an Oreo should be the beneficiary of a long civil rights struggle? Are you struggle? kidding me? No. Are you making this up? Wow. I could make it up, and I'm not this time. <laughs> We often, this is one of those rare stories that's not fabricated. All right. Jesus. So, uh, yes. John McLaughlin doesn't seem crazy most of the time. No. And yet? Well, all right. So, uh, the term Oreo is often viewed as a derogatory term towards some African Americans who appear not to exhibit certain stereotypes of their race. Which even makes the story worse by even saying that. I was just going to say, in what in what context? Where was he speaking when he, he was said on it? the uh, McLaughlin Group show? I don't know where that show's on, but it's been on forever. Um, isn't it on? Uh, is it on OPB? Is it on, is it on public television? That's not like a. That might like, be. I haven't watched public television in ages. Not, it's not a network show. I, you want to talk about a tune out? Uh, that's like when you, every time I flip by OPB and there's the guy like demanding that I give him money, so they, so they'll give me like the second half of, of a Monty Python, uh, you know, marathon or something, and I just say, nah, no, I just. Turn it off. All right. Well, if there's audio of that, it'll uh, it'll turn up at some point. All right. So that's too bad. Uh, Madonna's brother has revealed details of the pop diva's life to the public. Christopher, uh, whatever his last name is, is releasing his tell-all book, and he's making the talk show around. On Good Morning America today, he said he believes there is no affair between Madonna and Yankee slugger Alex Rodriguez. 
despite everything else, she's still a Catholic girl. And, <laughs> wow. Um, what? I don't think. What color is the sky where he lives? Although, he is kind of her type. So, um, difficult to say. So his name is Christopher. He says he knows Alex Rodriguez well enough to know he would not be conducting an affair with Madonna. I think that he was interested in Kabbalah, to be honest. And uh, I don't think... I, I'm, I, I know Alex. Yeah, I know Alex from Miami. Um, uh, we've met a number of times. I doubt this is actually an affair. He said Madonna is not the reason why A-Rod and his wife are heading to court. Uh, we've met a number of times. I doubt this is actually... And if I, I really doubt that she had any. He's not wholly I'm uninteresting. Sure to do with the breakup of their marriage. If you got it now, what is the relationship between whoever was this Madonna's brother? Yeah. What is the relationship between he and Madonna? Do you suppose? Because, I don't know. I've never heard him mentioned before by Madonna. That's. I mean, is, I wonder if they're estranged or something. Because you got to figure Madonna's what, like fifty? Yeah, I don't she's think sure having a lot of like being very close with her family. I mean, she's it, been. It, you know, she's been a star for like w way over twenty years. That's exactly what I was going to say. Why? Why now for the book? You figure that the time to the time to have written a book about Madonna, if you're this guy, would have been. You know, I don't know, 15 years ago. would have been like during the, the Like a Prayer era, probably. Maybe he went to Apple One and they just offered him a warehouse job. <laughs> Maybe they said they'd call next week. He was, holding, he was just holding this in his back pocket. He was holding that until the, until the landlord would not give him a further extension on the rent. All right. Say, Cage, you probably know by now that half your summer vacation is gone. And a lot of your parents are looking for advice on how to handle your out-of-control behavior. Women's health expert Dr. Elizabeth Bleat says some parents may have trouble with their teens becoming violent. Then I think the whole issue of teen violence, girls and boys, gets into the issue of drug abuse, substance abuse, drinking. Yes, there are more problems to be worried about when you have teenagers. Girls are at much higher risk for bone loss from the phosphorus in soft drinks that leaches calcium from bones. You hear that, girls? You're losing your bones. Forget about boys. It'll concentrate on your bones. It'll leach your bones. I'm kind of unnerved by the idea that something I could uh, get out of a can from the vending machine might actually take my bones away. That does seem distinctly unnerving. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, yeah, I just got my uh, first tattoo after 54 years of life. What is, and, uh, what is your tattoo, sir? you on. Don't do it. <laughs> Why? What? What? What is the tattoo of, sir? Well, what it should be and what it is. <laughs> I like this story already. All right, let's let's it back up. Good on, it looked good on paper. Let's back okay. up for a second. You're 54. How did this come to be? You were drunk. I got, I got a divorce, uh, and I've been divorced about two years, and I. I'm dating somebody new, and okay. I just got Hold on. wild hair. So don't tell us. We're going to guess what the tattoo is. Don't tell us. You'll never guess. Uh, all right. Is it uh, a person's name? No. Is it an eagle? <laughs> Why did you go right to eagle? Because that, because... No, it's, it's not an eagle. No, you'll never guess. Is it, it a 1932 Torino? <laughs> oh, um, God, you guessed. Yeah, uh, no. Okay, hold on. Is it... Uh... An anteater. Is it... Is it... Is it let's, uh... let's put it this way. My, one of my favorite movies is... Uh, Bruce Campbell in uh, Army of Darkness. It's a chainsaw? It's a chainsaw. No. If it's is it a, a zombie? It's a double barrel. It's a double barrel shotgun. As if you're looking at the shotgun. It is your boomstick. Yeah. All right. Um, it, it says this is my boomstick. Yeah. Does it? Does it actually leather. say that? Yes. It does. What part of your body did you get this tattooed on? Sir? Please tell what? me it's. Please tell me it's in your groin. Left shoulder. Okay. So. 
It is a double barrel shotgun as though you were looking at the shotgun and in yeah. old, with an E, old English, it says, this is my boomstick? Yes. Is it in quotes? Does it have an exclamation mark? No, it's just in old English, this is my boomstick. And so, yeah, it sounded, sounded like a plan when I did it. How, how, how exactly, because there were no pictures to work off of, so exactly how did you describe what you wanted to the guy? I brought in a picture of what a double-barrel shotgun looks at, like I have a double-barrel shotgun at home, uh -huh. looking at it at the barrel straight on, and then he just had some old English lettering that he put on. So... And so, how, when you say what it's supposed to look like and what it does look like are two different things, how did it, I mean, how did it turn out? It looks like now a pair of dark sunglasses. <laughs> it, 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 it's just two black holes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. And, and you can't read the letters at all because it's all English. <laughs> so you've got two black dots and some scroll that can't be read. No. How much did this two, cost you? There, there's two black holes about an inch across a piece, and then it's got what's supposed to look like a gun sight, but it looks like the <laughs> nose piece of a, shot, of a pair of glasses. So it looks like you have, like, pince-nez sunglasses. And then some, and then a scroll that can't be read. How much did you pay for this? I paid uh, six hundred dollars for it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! You have to send a photo of that. Well, my new girlfriend really appreciates the fact that I, you know, you know how you discuss things and stuff like yes. that. Well, well, not so much. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, so uh, it was. It was uh, how it long? Was, let, me, let me ask you this: You went. How long did it take them to do this, sitting in the chair? Well. The shotguns itself, I mean, they were easy because they're just, they're just black, round holes. Uh, yes. It took yeah. about four hours. And, All right. Uh, and then the lettering? About four hours for the whole thing. So it's, it, it's about uh, probably four inches high and about six inches across. You're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. At what okay, point? Okay, a pretty decent sized tattoo. At it what? Is, yeah, see, it's much bigger than I thought it was going to be, too. At, at, at what point in this? <laughs> Tim, are you becoming more encouraged about this yeah, idea they, by the moment? Let me ask you, at what point in this procedure did you realize that what you wanted and what you were getting were not even in the same country as one another? When I looked in the mirror. But, I mean, was he done when you figured it out, or was he still, was it in progress? Like, because here, here's my question. It seems like there's two, there's two ways this can go. There's A, which is where he's doing the tattoo, He's done. He's whatever. You go home with the bandage or whatever it is. You take you take it off and you look at it in the mirror and you go, "Hey, wait, wait a minute. That that's not at all what I wanted." Or there's there's B where you're you're in the chair and he it's like getting a bad haircut where he gets about halfway through and you go, "That's not ah uh, crap." And then you just have to sit there and suffer through the other half knowing it's wrong. It was about two weeks after the bandage came off, and I just <laughs> I was just looking at it in the mirror, and I go. <laughs> and I love the fact that the lettering can't even be read. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Yeah, that's your problem. Here's your problem right here. It's gibberish. It, it wouldn't be so bad that you know I could explain the sunglasses away, but the old the gibberish <laughs> that is old English lettering. Okay. It's, just, it's sad. Seriously, please, you have to you send have us. To you have like to send right this now. to us. Oh, I'm at work right now. Oh, but yeah, oh, you're... go in the bathroom really quick. Seriously, at your earliest opportunity. I don't have a camera with me. What do you think I have a camera Do you have a cell phone no, with a camera? I no, I, that's technology. All right. Do you have any work buddies that, that you work with that would I have could, a camera I, phone? 
I could take one for you. It's, I mean, just I have to be, you know, I have to get home. All right. I could probably, I've got a, we have uh, no patience. We must probably a now. video camera. I could probably make you a movie of my girlfriend laughing her ass off. <laughs> okay, at your, at your first opportunity, you need to photograph that and then send it to Richie. Okay. But, 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 but my counsel is if you've gone this far in your life without doing something that stupid, don't do it. Oh. It's, because it's just, you know, what you got in your head and what you got on your body are just two, two different things. It's just Excellent. not good. All right. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Oh, there you well, go. I think that it can be a positive thing when you're older, especially like because it sounds like you didn't really think is think it through no. very much. My dad didn't. You know, he was in the Navy and he didn't end up getting any tattoos till he was like mid fifties, and now he has like a couple on his arms, like a big one on his back. Is that like a, like a midlife too. crisis kind of a thing? Kind of, yeah. But he was just kind of like you know he was told how to look and who to be you right. know, for thirty years of his life, and after he got out of the Navy, he grew his hair out. Yeah, he's one of those like bearded ponytail. Tattooed guys. You know, it's awesome. You know, as much as people poke fun at the dude who's, you know, with the, 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 the with, with the convertible and the long hair and he's doing whatever. I mean, you know, it sounds corny. No, embrace that. But life. I mean, like, like, you know what? You live once and then you're in the ground. So I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you want to be 50 and drive a fast car, whatever. You know, that's why God gave you money. Um, boy, that's fantastic. <laughs> You got a great story out of it too. Uh, you got to wonder why the tattoo guy he, he, didn't he, step in, though. And, and he's like regretting his tattoo, but he has a story he can tell for the rest of his life now. Yes, that's pretty hilarious. And at least he's not one of those idiots that got like a Chinese character that he thinks means strong, and instead it just means douche. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do some of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Dude, the tattoo guy didn't say anything to him because he was making a mint on that guy getting a freaking retarded tattoo. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken, sir. But I mean, I don't know. Getting a tattoo is a serious thing. You gotta, you gotta plan out what you want. And you gotta shop around. You can't just drink a fody of Old English and, and walk into the first tattoo parlor that you see. It's Wait, like, hold on. I'm, hold on. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this sage advice down so I can use it in the future. Uh, and, and I mean, it, it seems like at some point the guy, the tattoo guy, could have at least said. Look, let me maybe help you augment this picture a little bit so it'll work a, a, a bit. And plus, the tattoo guy must have known the old English lettering wasn't going to work. Well, yeah, that, and they make a carbon copy of it and then lick it and stick it on your arm where it's going to be anyhow. So you can see it before he even starts to work on Jesus. it. So, I don't know, that guy must have been seeing crooked before he went in. But, I mean, you got to check out their artwork and you got to look at, at pictures of the work that they've done before you just sit down and <laughs> slap down half a thousand dollars to have a freaking retarded tattoo put on your arm. <laughs> Yes, you do, sir. Yes, you do. Thank you. On that, we can all agree. Well, I mean, and let's can we just can we just call it what it is here? You see those signs sometimes at the tattoo place where it says like, "We will not give you a tattoo if you're intoxicated," which is right up there with it. You know, go to the bar and the bar says like, "We refuse to serve anybody who is visibly intoxicated." I mean, you want to talk about just the very definition of a of, of an unfollowed law. Something that is just there for cosmetic purposes. Please confirm to the breathalyzer test before we proceed. Yeah, I would imagine like 80% of people who get tattoos are drunk at some point. Um, I only I only know, I, I've only been with one person, not counting sort of wacky radio stunts, who got a tattoo when it was years ago. Uh, a guy I knew named Jay got really, really drunk at like 2 a.m. and we found it and just, just so unbelievably blind you could smell him a block away uh, but it was like 2 a.m. and by the way for the record I now am having difficulty breathing so thanks so much you <laughs> bastards I <laughs> told you it was only a matter of, of time sons of bitches you willed this on me didn't you you know what I need an inhaler I need one of those like <clears throat> um 
What was my point? Oh, but at 2 a.m., he decided he needed a tattoo. And there was some all-night tattoo place we found over. I don't remember what he got, like Mighty Mouse or something, which, I mean, there's one thing you're 19, you grown man with Mighty Mouse on your body. You're just going to look like a mental gimp. Uh, but I, 80% of tattoos I did are given to people who are just so drunk that they ought not be able to, they shouldn't even be allowed out of the house. Wow. That's a great story. All right. See, and I get to live vicariously. Uh, through these calls without getting a tattoo myself. Yeah, Clyde has that barcode on his shoulder. Uh, Clyde got that on my show uh, when we were in... What does he have on his shoulder? He has a barcode uh, on his right shoulder uh, on KCMD Portland. He has a barcode tattoo. It's actually the barcode from Spam. Um, I remember that. He got that done on my show. Clyde and I worked together on and off for the better part of 15 years. When we were doing radio together in Salt Lake, he sat in my studio and got that done. And then I think somebody else got tattooed here in Portland a long time ago, like a Superman tattoo or something. Uh, we'll get uh, Jim Roop here in just a uh, second. Let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, I, I was 19, went to a party. We were all getting drunk. Buddy whipped out his tattoo gun. Wait, Hello? what? Uh, we lost you after a buddy whipped out his what? A buddy whipped, <laughs> a buddy whipped out his tattoo gun. Uh-huh. I said, hey. He gave me a tattoo on my arm. So he gave me a scorpion on my arm. It still to this day is raised up off my skin. And, and that's not supposed to, they're supposed to be flush with your body at some point, aren't they? Uh, well, you know, I thought so, but hey, it's kind of cool, you know. You know Who just carries a point. tattooing gun around with them at parties? Well, you know, kids, you know, alcohol. What better place to have a tattoo gun? Well, I suppose, you know, that of the maximum security ward of the Oswald Penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, right. but it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, All right. There you go. All right. Um, well, I guess you can always get those things. Do they laser those things off now? But, I mean, that's expensive, right? That's like thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who had a tattoo removed, and it never fully went away. No. I mean, I'm sure that, like, but that was like six years ago. Maybe the technology's advanced, but... I wonder if you have to have um, insurance, uh, not health insurance, but like sort of like malpractice insurance as a tattooing artist. Do you know what I mean? Because like, that's the thing where you like measure measure twice, cut once, or whatever. Because if you if you get into a tattoo and then you sneeze, and suddenly it's all just a disaster... I mean, you know, I wonder if there's any sort of, like, if you have liability for doing the tattoo wrong. All right. Uh, Let's get a couple more of these, and then we'll be joined by uh, CNN radio correspondent uh, James Roop. Hello, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, it's Dave. What's up? Hey, um, I'm 45. I mean, I had a a small little tattoo done when I was 18, but I've gotten my major tattoo stuff done, started last year. And I'm the opposite of that, that, that guy, the idiot who paid $600 for gibberish. I mean... They, they always stencil it on your arm. They have you look at it first to make sure it's what you want because basically any good tattoo artist is going to say, okay, before the needle hits your skin, is this what you want? Right. Once they start, there's no stop. And, I mean, and you can see mine. I mean, mine, I, they're pieces of art. And, I mean, they're simple things. You know, I mean, because I'm a hardcore Denver Bronco fan, and, I mean, I'm, I'm on both your MySpace pages. I'm on yours and Sarah's. And I, I leave them right on there for people to see because, and I've had lots of people say, whoa, can I get that one? You know, because if it's done right, I mean, they're works of art and they're they're cool. You don't want some you know you know Joe Blow guy that brings his gun to a party, you know, slapping <laughs> something that on is, your arm. That's just fascinating that you're at a party and a guy just pulls a tattooing gun out of his back pocket and says, "Hey, uh, you want a little ink?" Um, yeah. 
because Oregon is one of the the heaviest um, states for licensing. Because now in Oregon, I mean, they you know they all have to be licensed. They they can't double dip their needles anymore. They everything has to be sterilized. They have to use autoclaves. Right. I mean, you know, they all license. And as far as liability goes. The way tattoo parlors, 90% of them work is you don't pay till the work is done. Right. So if they screw it up, you know, they have ways to cover up their mistakes. And again, this is about having a good artist. You know, if it's something permanent, you want a pro on your arm. I am fascinated by the fact that that guy just went to some weird sort of like Dr. Nick of the tattooing world. You know, (laughs) hi, everybody. You know, oh, Jesus. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. Fantastic. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? And a very good afternoon to you, sir. How's life? How are things? Things are great. All right. Doing a little drinking today? No. <laughs> as soon as it's you just Monday. Man. As soon as you came on, Sarah looked at me and mimed as though you were drinking a beer while we were speaking. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I wish, I wish that were true. You're drinking inside. Yes. All right. Well, in any event. Hey, uh, I hate to ask this. Was it hot where you were this weekend? Yes. Because we got like these weird, uh, these weird like record-breaking temperatures up here, and so I just spent the entire day, uh, the entire like all Saturday and all Sunday, trying not to leave the house at all in any way. <laughs> so, hey, uh, by the way, while we're talking about, it, before we move on to this other thing, what, where, where are we at with this, uh, the striking business? They got to what, the fifteenth of August? August? Is that the deal? Fifteenth, yes. All right. Yeah. So uh, there's nothing going on now at all, other than the fact that SAG is talking to each other, saying, well, you know, what are we going to do here, what are we going to do there, and then the the ATP MP is just sitting around going, all right, let's just wait. This is the uh, the calm before the storm, as they say. Absolutely. Hey, do you have any tattoos? None that I will show you. Really? Is that true? But do you have some somewhere? No, I don't have any tattoos. All right. Have you ever pondered a tattoo? Oh, I've pondered it quite a bit. You yeah. just, uh, are you like me? You just, at the end of the day, you're just kind of, uh, it's just too gutless to get it done? No, I'm not gutless. I just, I don't want to, I'm, I'm nervous about what it's going to be when I'm 65. You just, uh, the sag? Yeah. You know, I just, it's just uh, how, I guess it depends on where it is, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I I could never really go. Eh. It's not. I'm not afraid of the needle or anything. I just. It's just maybe not me. See, that's the thing. Is I got a. You know, it's going to look weird when you get to be seventy. Uh, B. And that's like when you see those kids that have those like things in their earlobes where it's like the size of a quarter. Yeah. You know, that's that's a, that, that's not going to snap back. I mean, that's a that's a whole lot of elasticity that you are going to lose. Uh, and they uh, get their arms stuck in that thing when they get older. I just, you know, I that I just if I had one of those things, it's like having, it's like you know, you, people who have like nipple rings or whatever, and you just know that's just man, you're like one bad day away from getting that thing snagged in a bed sheet, you know, and then oh, yeah. and then it's going to be the day. Climbing a fence. <laughs> Oh. Exactly. Because you know, whenever you're trying to escape John Law, yes, you got to climb a fence every <laughs> always. Um, so, hey, I have a question. Here's this: uh, since we're talking about uh, tattooings and piercing, uh, in defiance of whatever it is that CNN wanted me to talk to you about at the moment, um, uh, I'm asking this sort of rhetorically because I don't know the answer. If you are a woman or a man, I suppose, with what we might charitably describe as an intimate piercing. If you go through, or when you go through airport security, I'm assuming if you're a woman who has a piercing in what my teacher used to call that area, does it beep when you go through security? And if so, how do they sort of, you know, I mean, like if like if I walk through airport security and my belt beeps, they just have me take off my belt and then I have to walk through again. 
If you're a woman with some sort of an intimate piercing and you walk through airport security and it beeps, how do they handle that? Well, for instance, my my uh, my wedding ring does not beep going through the thing. Doesn't that always doesn't that unnerve you a little bit too? In that, it, I when guess certain, it depends on the metal. It, when certain kinds of metal don't beep, and then you ask yourself, well, if I'm some terrorist, because my my wedding ring does not beep either, nor and I got I got the I got a watch that doesn't beep. That's you know it's right here. It's, I mean, it's made out of metal, doesn't beep. And then that sort of freaks you out because then you think, well, if I'm some terrorist, all I have to do is just make all my weapons out of this wedding ring material. Or piercing material. Exactly. So I wonder if you're a woman who has a piercing in your swimsuit area, if that does set off the metal detector, and if so, if if you have to, like, I don't know, if somebody has to verify that that's what it is that's setting off the thing. Well, there, there was a story uh, maybe six months ago, I think, of an incident at an airport, and I think it was LAX, where um, a woman was told to remove her piercings, and, and she told the man, look, it's not like I can remove it here. Right. You know, I have to go into the bathroom to remove this. Right. And he said, then go do that. And uh, a female security guard, I guess, was uh, went with her, and it became a lawsuit. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but apparently some must beep, and that's the issue that arises when it does. The whole thing is just so confusing. I can never, especially when you go from one airport to another, and certain things will set off the detector at one airport, but they won't set off the same detector in some other state. I guess so. I don't want to hear this. Ma'am, I have to wand you there. <laughs> I have to, well, I mean, it's bad enough, like, I've had to do that thing where, like, I open, where, like, I literally will unbutton my pants, and the guy's making me, like, yank my pants forward. Mm. So... Uh, no one's ever made me do that. It, no, I've maybe they maybe they just found me to be delectable. Uh, I was at the I was at the Vegas airport, uh, and the guy makes me take up my belt, and then I still beat and he's like, "So I'm gonna have to ask you to unbutton." It's like that guy in Trading Places that's strip searching Dan Aykroyd. Take off your pants. <laughs> um, so I'm there at the and the guy goes, "Sir, I'm gonna have to ask you to unbutton your pants." And I'm like, "What?" All right, and so I just unbuttoned the top button. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to... I swear to God, the guy at one point was, like, having me unbutton and then had me, like, taking my zipper halfway down. And then he's like, now I need you to pull... Now that I'm in the retelling, this sounds positively perverse. Um, like, having to, like, like, pull my pants forward or whatever. Forward. You know, I, I think that... Okay, I think he may you. just have been screwing with me a little bit now that I think <laughs> about it. I think he's just kind of winding me up. All right, um... Hey, Tim Riley wants to point out that George Putnam is 94 years young and still yeah, on the air. I worked with him for several years. I still talk to him every now and again. What and a great guy. in Perversion for Profit in 1965, his most famous movie. Where is he broadcasting now? He's uh, well, a, a thing called the Cable Radio Network, but he has uh, that's just the distribution point. And he's got a few local affiliates and uh, uh, smaller stations, that you know, those little turnkey stations, you know. Uh, but Chuck Wilders, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's been his sidekick for 100 years, and he's still with him. You know, here's the thing. We were talking about Paul Harvey the other day. Do you realize that Paul Harvey has been in radio for more than half of the time that radio as a technology has even existed? Oh, same with Putnam, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you got to give it up to those guys. All right. You know, when I was working with Putnam, he, uh, you know, in, in the old days, the anchors on television, he was with KTLA for many years here, and uh, he they they would give him the wardrobe. So when he was uh, anchoring there at KTLA in the in the mid to late 70s, 
He kept all that all that clothing, and in the '90s when I was working with him, he'd wear those still wearing it polyester leisure suits to work every yeah. day. Yeah, you lots, know, I swear, I just love that guy. Lots of double knit, uh, and he's the only guy I know that cannot pay attention to anything you're saying and yet respond to you. <laughs> well, because I think a lot of radio people uh, or maybe broadcasters develop that talent. Uh, where it, it, you are seemingly not paying attention at all or you are doing something else, and yet there is some weird like reptile part of your brain that is recording all of that information that's being spoken to you uh, just on the off chance that you need to respond to it. You know what I mean? Well, you're, he, he probably has that faci- uh, faculty. But i got to tell you, when, when my first son was born, uh, I, I, I called the show um, to talk to Chuck and to say, Hey, Chuck, you know, my son was born, blah, blah, blah. So George gets me on the phone, and he starts going off on how, you know, oh, Jimmy Root, blah, 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 blah. And he said, you know, one day young Ryan's going to turn to you, Dad, and say, what the hell did you do? This world is all for him. And he just went on and on for about 20 minutes about how this generation screwed up the world. Excellent. So i got to find that tape. i got to let my son hear that. Ugh. All right. Uh, I don't even remember what we were theoretically going to be. Oh, yeah, because here's uh, – I like any story that contains the phrase, stockholders will likely be wiped out. <laughs> I can't believe you said that out loud. Jesus. I really can't. That's one of those statements that you make. I and think then, I'm the only one in the room that went <laughs> – That's, I think, a little more honesty than perhaps was called for. <laughs> so, so give me the background. So explain what's happening here. All right. Well, Indy Bank's been around for about 20 years. Their big business is mortgages to people who have poor credit. In fact, sometimes they don't even ask for verification of income. They figure you want to buy a house, we'll give you the money to buy it. It can always be our house and we can resell it. Well, a few months ago, I guess, or maybe last month in June, word came down that IndyMac was in a little bit of trouble. So people started pulling their money out, billions of dollars. And so they didn't have – they were cash-strapped, just like the state of California, I guess. And so the feds took it over, and uh, that was, this was on Friday. And and like this guy, uh, who he's, he was a, a COO of, of FDIC, now he's the CEO of this of the new, the new Indy Mac Federal Bank, said nobody saw this coming. We really did not see this coming. This this just sort of happened, which scared me that he said that too. Because right. what else is going on? We don't know that that's coming. So they they took it over. They opened it up today under the new. IndyMac Federal Bank. Jesus, the shares are down to 28 cents. Oh, man, I feel bad for shareholders. <laughs> I feel bad for people with, and wow. thank God I'm poor. Because, if, you know, if you have money, if you have more than $100,000 in that bank, you'll get $100,000 of it because you're insured up to that much. But anything over that, right now you can get 50 cents on the dollar. <laughs> and if you're lucky several years down the road, when they sell all the assets or sell the bank or when it becomes solvent again, you'll get some more of that money back. But I don't think anybody's going to recoup all of their money. And, you know, that's why there's – and he even said yesterday – I kind of like the guy because he's really honest. John uh, uh, Vinzi is his name. And he said, look, if I were you guys, I would go to my bank. If you have anything over $100,000 in an account, restructure that account. Spread it around. You know, make sure that you're insured. You're insured up to $100,000. Uh, couples, married couples, joint account insured up to $200,000. IRAs insured up to $250,000. Anything over that, restructure that. Get it into a different account so it's insured. Be putting that into gold doubloons. Something. Be put that you all know, into Franklin Mint body collectibles. Body maybe would be <laughs> Hey, and finally, uh, Tim uh, just uh, noted this to me, that uh, the publisher of the L.A. Times court today. See, I didn't hear that. I've been stuck at this What is his name? Um, David Hiller? Okay, so apparently David Hiller runs the uh, L.A. Times. Apparently, yeah, he but he, came, he 
he can't not have been on the job that long. How many uh-huh. years? I don't know, but it's Six, a, seven years. Maybe. A weird time to be in the newspaper industry, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's you talk about talk about a place where the scythe is coming up for the wheat, and sooner rather than later. So I yeah, know. I guess I used to think that newspapers had eternal life because no. you know I you know I kind of like on a Sunday morning get that newsprint on my hand as I sit there and read the paper. But uh, anymore, it's it's news we've already heard. It is well. That's you know it's something to be. I, I think that uh, like alternative papers and sort of weekly newspapers and whatever are going to uh, you know they'll continue. But I think the idea of getting your news every day from a big bundle of dead trees on your porch that uh, yeah. I think that time has passed, my friend. I, you know, I think you're right. And people who want in-depth information on a story, you know, there's Time Magazine, Newsweek, and all that's what I'm saying. That will give you more, and or just you know. <laughs> Don't care. It's just... Hey, by the way, just because you probably didn't hear this as we sort of wrap this up. So the reason we were talking about tattoos, I don't even remember why. Why did this start? How did the tattoo conversation even start? Tim? I don't remember back that far. I was talking about how I, how I was getting one. Oh, yeah. Sarah's getting a tattoo, and we had a listener call up who he wanted to get, it's a long story, but he wanted to get a tattoo that looked as though you were looking into the business end of a double-barrel shotgun, almost like it was being pointed at you. And so he wanted to get this, like looking down the barrel of a double barrel shotgun, and then some, and then a movie quote underneath it, done in like an old English kind of a script. So, except he went to some tattoo artist who, uh, you know, I guess just, you know, like it was still interning or something. And so, rather than looking like the barrel of a double barrel shotgun, as he put it, it's just two huge dots, and then the old English lettering is so close together that you can't read it. So, six hundred dollars, baby. Well, what Sarah, what's she gonna get? I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm not gonna save until I get it, but I'm getting um, one that's meaningful to me with my sister. That I think she's getting be, a matching tattoo. I'm with her very, sister. very excited for it. And I'm not really a big tattoo person either, but I just can't put this concept in. You've been waiting for just the right thing. I and this is it, and I'm just like just so impatient to get it now. So, so are you two? Is, is it going to be visible? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we're good for you. Yeah. All right then. All right, my friend. Are you on tomorrow? Absolutely. Sir. All right. As always, we will talk to you in the immediate future, sir. Enjoy your uh, day, my friend. Thank you. Uh, James Rope, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Excellent. I love that guy. I still think he was half in the bag, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Rick, last week you asked, who has sex in a honey bucket? Several months ago, I was joining some friends for a hike in the Hoyt Arboretum near Washington Park Zoo. The door was locked, but nobody came out for over five minutes. I could hear rustling sounds inside. When I knocked on the locked door, a woman's voice said, hold on a minute. <laughs> Sexy. Fifteen minutes later, she emerged with a man. She looked like a hooker, and they both looked like drug users. I'm sure you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Communing with nature. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's hey, up? Sarah. Hey. I, I got the best tattoo story for you guys. Okay. My uncle went to Vegas and got drunk. And walked into a rally tattoo shop, mm-hmm. deciding she was going to get another tattoo of Homer Simpson. The artist did not know who Homer Simpson was. <laughs> so they had to do it from her description? Or please tell me she did a drawing herself. It was my uncle. So my uncle drunkenly draws a Homer Simpson. <laughs> and gets, a, gets a six-inch Homer Simpson tattooed on his butt. <laughs> doesn't look anything like Homer Simpson. <laughs> What is, can you describe, in, I know this is radio, but this is theater of the mind, can you describe in any way how it differs from, like, an actual Homer Simpson? Picture a circle with legs with a hot dog head <laughs> two eyes on it. That doesn't make any sense at all, a circle with eyes and a hot dog head. 
that, 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 you can't even tell it's Homer. That's great. That Every really. Time he gets drunk now. Now he's like, you want to see my drunken Homer? Okay. Now, please, uh, ser- seriously, I'm telling you that the next time he offers to tell you that, you, we need to see a photo of it. No problem. All right, you you hook us up with that, my friend. I will do so. Thank you. Thank there you, you go. That's wonderful. The guy didn't know Homer Simpson, and so he just relied on a drunken napkin <laughs> scrawl. That's wonderful. But, Tim, I think you might be right to avoid a tattoo. Yes. Can I tell you, every time uh, Laura and I go to San Diego, we always stay at the same hotel on the same stretch of beach, and there is um, there's a fantastic taco stand uh, nearby that we go to, and it's right next to the it's, – it's, it's so great. It's like a little slice of Southern California life. It is a – it is like – it's like a, uh, uh, like a little Mexican um, food stand – that shares its space with a tattooing place that's open 24 hours a day. I mean, it really is like a, it is like a great little a great little slice of uh, of California. Um, and so you can sit there and you can get yourself like a, you know you get yourself like an horchata and and you know and a tattoo while you wait or whatever. You know, it'd be like oh, I need uh, three fish tacos, uh, chorizo, you know, uh, horchata, and then uh, and then a huge skull on my ass. Uh, so every every time I go there. There's about 10 seconds where I'm like, maybe I sh- maybe this should be the trip where I get a tattoo. Uh, and then I decided not to do that. Here's Tim Riley. All right. Where was I? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I had a... Uh, a thing. I had more than a thing. I had a quadruple clergy watch. Here's your quadruple clergy watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Church has called off plans to give away a semi-automatic assault rifle at a weekend gathering for teenagers. Plans call for the Winter Hills Baptist Church to give away the weapon as a way to encourage attendance by teenagers, but plans change when one of the event's organizers was unable to attend. The church's pastor, Bob Ross, anticipated hundreds of teenagers as far as Canada would attend in anxious anticipation to get this gun. Bob Ross? Bob Ross. Wasn't he the happy little trees guy? Yes, and he died of a happy little tumor. Maybe. Uh, they had 21 hours of preaching and teaching scheduled for the weekend. And shooting and killing. The church's website features a video showing the shooting competition from last year's conference. Again, was given away last year, too, but this year's organizers decided to highlight the giveaway in promotions for the conference. Uh, he told the local TV station they were not putting the weapons in the hands of someone that doesn't respect it. And that uh, that person would not be allowed to go out and kill uh, Salt Lake City, the creator of a calendar that featured shirtless Mormon missionaries, was excommunicated yesterday after a meeting with local church leaders in Las Vegas. Chad Hartley said he bears no ill will toward the church elders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I felt I spoke my truth, said the 31-year-old entertainer. Bottom line, they still felt the calendar was inappropriate and did not want the image of the church to be on it. Wait, so these are, this is what? Men on the mission. On a mission to on a mission to rock and a mission they, to, uh, to they hump. They sold ten thousand uh, copies at fourteen ninety nine each, including pictures of twelve returned missionaries wearing black slacks and not the trademark a white shirt. Wait, are these real Mormon missionaries yes. or are these fake Mormon missionaries? No, they're real ones in modest poses. The men were also photographed in traditional missionary garb and shared their religious beliefs in biographical sketches. 
Some of the 12 models were also called to disciplinary meetings, but none have been punished so far. Oh, I see. So it's not like they were topless or something. Well, no, these are males with no shirts on. Wait, hold on. Look, can I see that? This doesn't make any sense. Sure it does. So these are... <laughs> so The creator of a calendar that fe- featured shirtless Mormon missionaries uh-huh. was excommunicated Sunday. Yeah. And that really, you really have to screw with the church a lot to be excommunicated because they're, they don't like to let anybody go. They like, you know, because you lose somebody, you lose that 10%. Um, after a disciplinary meeting with local church leaders, Chad Hardy says he's no beers, blah, 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 blah. Men, let's see. Men on a Mission, which has sold 10,000 copies, included 12 returned missionaries or RTMs wearing black shirts, but not their trademark white shirts in modest, that is not a modest pose, by the way. That's a uh, that's a look at my rippling abs pose. Are there, are Mormons not allowed to have abs? Is that what the problem is? Well, I can't I can't fathom. Well, perhaps you have to be married to a woman before you expose so much <laughs> of your own life. Well, because I, I'm just saying, it, 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 I can't fathom what is. Um, it, it seems very strange to me that you would be able to get a bunch of missionaries to pose for what is clearly. A sort of sexual calendar. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar of these missionaries, and this it doesn't look real. It looks fake because it's like this one is like some hot dude, no shirt, rippling muscles, and then his pants, he's got like lowrider pants on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Mormon culture is very modest. I mean, it's a very... So I'm just, I'm wondering if these are perhaps missionaries who were not planning to stay with the church anyway, if they were already sort of leaning toward the door. Maybe they were planning to go in the missionary position. Or that, yes. Here's Tim Riley. Part 3. A local priest has been charged with assault after he allegedly fondled a 16-year-old girl on an airplane. The Reverend Thomas Zalunski was removed from his position of the Church of uh, King Church in Mansville. I guess this is in Ohio or something, or New Jersey. He is a Polish citizen. He served as an associate pastor from the parish since April of this year. He's staying on in the U.S. on a religious visa, so why not? Do the church the way the Americans do. <laughs> While you're here. It's part of the experience, I guess. The incident occurred aboard a flight from Poland, in which the uh, the man of the cloth was returning from a vacation. He allegedly groped a girl and attempted to unzip her trousers. The girl left her seat and asked for assistance from the flight crew, who moved her to a different seat for the remainder of the flight. Zelensky approached the girl in her new seat, apologized, and asked for her forgiveness. The crew ordered him back to the seat. The FBI interviewed him for four hours. And he confessed, as anyone would after four hours in uh, intense uh, investigation. The priest's caller offered a jarring justification for the shackles at his wrist. This doesn't make sense. Are <laughs> <laughs> you like reading this right from a Polish newspaper? Uh, yeah. The priest's caller offered a jarring justification for the shackles at his wrists and ankles as he shuffled in the court yesterday. Well, all right. It's unfortunate, said the Reverend Bogoslaw Austin, pastor of Christ the King Church, after his arrest. He was very much liked by everyone. Uh huh. And finally, the best part. This comes to us from Alabama, as all good things do. Attorney General Troy King, a conservative Republican Christian, who has called homosexuality the downfall of society, has been caught with his pants down, literally, in a gay sex scandal. Of course he has. Yep. It was reportedly uh, nabbed having sex with a male assistant by his wife. Paige King in the couple's own bed. <laughs> wow. Get a hotel. Uh, after being caught having sex with the male aide by his wife, Attorney General King 
was reportedly banished from his home in Montgomery by his infuriated spouse. This according to Perez Hilton. Okay, although reports about the scandal are sketchy and the events yet to be confirmed by official sources, some media outlets are reporting that King is preparing to resign over the affair. By the way, it is also, it's believed to be true enough that because he was an advisor to the McCain campaign, mm -hmm. and if you go to the McCain campaign website, the guy's completely gone. All references to him have been removed from the McCain side, so they clearly believe the truth. He was also the front runner for Alabama governor of 2010, has been vocal in his condemnation of homosexuality. He has worked to outlaw sex toys and is a staunch supporter of the death penalty. As a law student at the University of Alabama, King wrote frequent editorials with the Crimson White in condemnation of gays, affirmative action. How can something be crimson and white? But it would be down there. I suppose. All right. Uh, in his editorials, King called homosexuality the downfall of society. King also slammed the idea that gays and lesbians could provide loving, normal families for children and said, I often hear the argument that homosexuals can live together in a loving, caring family environment, perhaps in an environment that is superior to that that can be provided by a heterosexual couple. In this day of rampant decadence, many homosexuals would mislead society into believing that three men in armadillo in a house plant <laughs> create a fucking family. Coming this fall to the CW. <laughs> All right, fantastic. There's your uh, quadruple clergy watch. Back after this on the Rick Emerson program. I'm George Putnam. I'd like to begin with a fact, a simple yet shocking fact. It is this. Pornography and sex deviation have always been with mankind. This is true. But now consider another fact. Never in the history of the world have the teachers of unnatural sex acts had available to them high-speed presses, rapid transportation, mass distribution, all have combined to put the vilest obscenity within reach of every man, woman, and child in the country. This traffic continues to increase and flourish for one reason. It is big business, profitable business. We describe it as dirt for money's sake. Obscene literature is a $2 billion a year business. That's $2 billion. Perversion for profit. The Military Chaplains Association of the United States, practically every major fraternal, civic, and religious organization, the juvenile court judges, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, innumerable psychiatrists, sociologists, and psychologists tell youngsters that it's smart, it's thrilling, it provides kicks to be a homosexual. Well, those are all true, though. I mean, that's, let's be honest. One, one can't deceive children. You can see the whole thing on my website. <laughs> Perversion for profit. George Putnam, 94 years old today. Happy birthday, George. That's fantastic. We should send him something big and gay. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Okay, so this guy notes a return missionary is someone who's finished their mission and has returned home. But there's no age limit. This guy says, I'm 40 years old, and I could still be called a return missionary, even though I finished at age 21. My guess is there's a little more to the story. So I am guessing that this calendar of hot missionary dudes, I am suspecting that these are missionaries who came back home and then perhaps left the church, uh, but are still technically return missionaries, which is why they can be uh, showing their godly wares. 
uh, all greased up and whatnot in public. Uh, it's all part of perversion for profit. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, later on, we'll do the uh, top five as we count down to the Dark Knight, which is coming up this Thursday night uh, slash Friday morning. Go to 970.am. Uh, and get your tickets. Uh, we're going to be at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard uh, this coming uh, Thursday night slash Friday morning for the world premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, we'll be counting on the top five dark songs later on today. And then you're seeing it tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Excellent. You should see my my new Miss Space picture. I found this gif um, online. It's so badass. It's of uh, Heath Ledger, you know, the Joker like, right. crashing the party and like picking up the champagne glass and drinking it and slamming it down. Nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Uh, well, also, Dr. Richie Bristol, who's going to be going to Vegas, uh, I guess not this Friday, but next Friday. So he has, do you say he's getting a, he has a beauty ritual he's going to be? He said that he, he has many things to prepare himself for. Did he you has to get that... his hair done and his nails done. Well, of course. And he's going to buy all new clothes. I, I shouldn't even tell, we should have him come in. And Did I tell you this? Did you see this thing at the Chicken Ranch Brothel website, which I guess is where he's going to be going? Um, and there's, of course, the obligatory joke about being laid at the Chicken Ranch. Uh, it, did you see that they do drag parties? That there no. is you can you can do a thing where you uh you know, where they like dress you they dress you up as a lady, uh, before you engage oh my gosh, in we need to get... whatever. We've got to go with the natural flow of this and bring the Richie in. Uh all right, well let's let me just there was something else I was gonna God, what the hell? There was something I was gonna read here. Because these girls have got turn on oh here we go. Turn ons and turn offs. Turn offs. Guys that are mean and smell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a girl who really sets her standards high. As long as you don't, as long as you don't reek of sewage and punch me in the face, it's all good. Uh, that is uh, what is her name, Dahlia. Uh, so you can go to a Chicken Ranch brothel here, and you can look at the pro- There's, the profiles aren't even really that interesting. That's the thing. It's like I I don't want to make it sound like the profiles are really fascinating or funny. It's just they're all so unbelievably bland uh, and kind of. I mean, it's it is a lot like those Playboy Playmate profiles, but like even less interesting. Um, and so, and they give you all the, like, the, the turn-ons and the turn-offs or whatever, but they're, but they're all, there's really nothing, although there are a suspicious number of women on the site who don't show their faces, where it's a, it's a lot of, like, shots from, like, you see the shot from the back or something, but you can't, you can't quite see what the face looks like, which is perhaps just the easiest bit of a red flag. Mm. Uh, so we'll talk to Richie here in just a few. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is your personal savior. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I just got an email from Lisa Desjardins. Really? I did, too. She says, I am back from Maine, and it was amazing. I didn't get an email from Lisa Desjardins. Well, double-check. We saw a moose. I had my first lobster. But the antenna put a mental block in having too much of it. I interviewed a drunk Upper Maine voter. I got to a Rush concert, number two, with a surprising number of teens and 20-somethings there, and exactly as many women as you might expect. And Jason surprised me with tickets to the Fenway. I cried like a baby, really. Whatever. But nearly as great is this new page on the CNN site, which I want to send you right away. I wonder what that is. Perhaps new pictures? Oh, I think Don't it's the right little now. noodles. I don't know. What? A picture of Bob Constantine. Really? Oh, it is. Here we go. Bob Constantine. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks like Ari Fleischer now. Wow. <laughs> That's not what I expected uh, that picture of Bob Constantine to be. Oh, my God. That's not what I pictured him to look like. That's you, not what he used to look like. You know, up in my uh, up in my uh, office, I have that little cocktail napkin drawing that Lisa did of Bob Constantine when we went to dinner with her. Uh, when, when somebody, because she didn't, we were asking her what 
uh, Bob Costantini looked like, and she couldn't quite describe him, so we said, draw a picture, and she goes, well, I'll sketch him. And we sort of assumed that she had artistic ability, which she doesn't. And <laughs> so I've got upstairs with this napkin. It's like basically like a, like a, like a, a stick-figure drawing of Bob Costantini. He once so. worked in Scranton. Of course. That's it, really paying your dues. Hasn't everybody worked in Scranton Not at me. one point? I got to skip it. By the way, this email says, Rick, Madonna's brother has been pretty close to her since the beginning of her career. Madonna's brother was a backup dancer in her early videos, then went on to direct, design, and choreograph her concerts until 2001. He's just grumpy now because Guy Ritchie doesn't like him or the gays. Uh, it says, the great soundbite you didn't play. Do we have this? Of one of it's, This is a soundbite, apparently, of Madonna's brother saying, quote, not many brothers find themselves on their knees wiping the sweat off their naked sister. Oh. Oh. Well, that really I is. I don't believe they, they released that one. <laughs> I would have seen it had that been available. <laughs> uh, let's, this, I'll go back and look again, but here's, I don't think that here, one Here's another one, Rick. That guy from Alabama who got caught with another dude in his wife's bed actually proved himself right. Homosexuality, Rick, is the biggest threat to this nation. I mean, look, homosexuality even got to him, and he really, 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 really didn't like it. He even said so over and over. Rick, there is no escape from the gay agenda. In fact, I was just in Fred Meyer buying some milk, and one of them lurched at me, trying to give me the gay. Thankfully, thankfully I was able to outrun him. Make your jokes now, Rick Emerson, but sooner rather than later, you'll have one of those homosexuals knocking on your back door. Mark my words, Rick. Duly, duly noted. He lurched at me trying to give me the gay. That's the best phrase I've ever heard. Is that kind of like uh, tag? I think so. Tag, you're gay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. All right. A local story. Another uh, road rage incident involving a cyclist. This time, Portland police arresting a 21-year-old man suspected of chasing down the cyclist yesterday, driving up at a high rate of speed with a cyclist clinging to his hood. That's, ah. You think that's nature's way of telling you to stop and assess the situation? James F. Milliken was arrested on attempted second-degree assault, driving under the influence, third-degree criminal mischief, and reckless driving. According to the report, the incident began with the cyclist Jason Scott Reinberg yelled at Milliken to slow down as they were traveling near Southeast 58th Avenue in Washington. Reinberg told police that his remarks may have included profanity. <laughs> Milliken, Milliken was uh, angered at the cyclist's remarks, started to chase him in his car, so uh, the bicyclist uh, bikes to a certain neighborhood, hides out for a while, then comes out again, and this guy is still there. So Milliken sees the cyclist after he comes out of hiding. And allegedly backed his car and hit him. Then he jumped off the bike just before the bike was struck by the car. Uh, Weinberg and two other witnesses tried to block the car, saying they wanted to get the license plate. Milligan allegedly drove at the three, struck the bicyclist who was thrown onto the hood. Then he was hanging onto the windshield wipers as the car traveled at a high rate of speed and took a turn. The car slowed down enough to let the bicyclist off at Southeast 60th Avenue. He was unhurt, according to police. A witness who videotaped the event turned the recording over to police. Uh, please decline to release the recording. Uh, the report also says, well, this comes after that last thing anyway. So that's the uh, latest. It seems thing. like we're heading towards some sort of massive bicycle, uh, bicyclist motorist conflagration. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a full-on riot yeah. <laughs> coming at some point. It seems to be a lot of uh, what we might call building tension between the motorist and cyclist there's communities right now. There's a lot of right anger out there. All right. And it's just getting hotter with every passing day. Chaos is going to be uh, sprung upon us at any moment. Yes.
Apparently, fecal bacteria has been found on UW computer keyboards. The University of Washington says its computer keyboards will now be cleaned. <laughs> they, weren't be, they weren't being cleaned in the past. I think we've sussed out the problem. Apparently, they found high levels of fecal bacteria on many of them. The students found the bacteria on keyboards in two busy areas of the Seattle campus. Uh, associate <laughs> professor of the Department of Environmental and Occupational Health Science. How do you type? Well, usually with my anus. Uh, only 30 keyboards are tested so far. <laughs> only 30. The samples taken are minuscule, and swabbing is not the most sophisticated gathering technique. Still, our study was the first of its kind to demonstrate the importance of hygiene in public schools, said Mr. Shin. <laughs> if you're in charge of this. Really, by the time you get to college, by, 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 by the time you get to college, if you have to be taught to scrub the feces off your... First of all, I mean... What kind of bathroom habits are you... I'm just saying, it seems like the soap is there, the sink is there, the towels are there. Really, by the time you're into first grade, I would imagine you should be taught how to use all those things in concert so not to be carrying around, you know, feces on your fingers. But, you know, maybe maybe that's just here in Portland. Maybe in other cities people behave differently. A 24-year-old New York man uh, purposely unleashed his pit bull in a room full of five children. Wow. Yeah, he was uh, intoxicated and angry that his wife allegedly threw the dog into the children's room when the animal uh, bit a child. Uh, the wife and uh, young nephew uh, have significant injuries. Apparently, uh, the two became separated, and uh, the man was allegedly laughing while rescuing the seriously injured child. Authorities said the, put, uh, the pit bull would be euthanized, and the man faces assault charges. That's in New York. A uh, Florida man has traded the uh, right to name... Wherton? Where? Florida. Yes. Damn it. My computer's oh, not even I... turned on over here. Damn it. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, let's see, I have a couple of other Florida stuff. From where? Florida. Damn it. Oh, that was... Uh, I had no one to blame but my, myself there. Uh. Oh, damn it. I don't even know where it went. My Florida standard's just gone. You mean this one? Yes. Yes, I mean that one. <laughs> what the hell was that? Nothing. Is that Muppet? It might have been. Or this man who accidentally shot himself at downtown Disney. The man shot himself at downtown Disney over the weekend. Uh, the man and his 12-year-old son were preparing to see a movie when the gun discharged. It's a world of gunshots, a world of blood. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. He asked his son to step out of the vehicle so he could clear out his gun before they <laughs> continued their trip. Oh, that's As great. As he was removing it from the magazine, the weapon fired and struck him in the leg. The boy called 911. The man was transported to Orlando Hospital. Wonderful. Uh, Central Florida photographer... Captain Where? Florida. Photographer captured a one-in-a-million photo of a shark jumping out of the water over the head of surfers. The photo was snapped in the... Uh, apparently, this tiger was jumping over these kids at New Smyrna Beach in Florida. The surfers seemed oblivious to the shark's presence. The University of Florida wants to use this picture as the cover of a study on shark bites. So far, there have been 12 shark bites at New Smyrna Beach uh, so far this year. And I did have another shark story here. Do you have that story about the sharks being spotted off Martha's Vineyard? I do, but I don't know what uh, I've got a copy of it right here. There you go. Oh, okay. Do you have a picture of the shark, that, that picture that it was talking about, Tim? I don't think they published it yet. I think they're waiting. Uh, they're trying to use it on the cover of a yeah, magazine. Yeah, they're trying to use it on the cover. Uh, this comes to some Cape Cod. The beaches of uh, Martha's Vineyard are open again after two great white shark sightings, but beach officials are going to be on high alert as hundreds of kids hit the water in a sailboat regatta. The harbor master said 300 kids will be uh, racing at Edgartown Raceway. And, of course, the great thing about that is Martha's Vineyard is where they filmed Jaws. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the irony there that, they're, that they're, you know, there's, in fact, a real shark there now. 
Oh, wait a minute. You don't have the follow-up for this story. No, I don't. Well, the follow-up says, if I can find the correct story here, the man made up the story and now faces charges of making up shark stories. Oh, wait. So there is, so there, in fact, there is no shark. There is no shark. Well, that's unfortunate. I know. It ruins things for everyone, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. And by everyone, I mean us. Uh-huh. See if I can find that here. Well, apparently, I don't have it. I had Saxon Saxon stories. Well, let's talk about these crazy Russians, where dozens of partygoers at an outdoor rave in Moscow have lost partial vision after laser light <laughs> burned out their retinas. <laughs> Moscow city health officials confirmed two cases of laser blindness. Hey, Dmitry, what do we do tonight? Let us go to a low-budget rave. What go wrong? This was the Aquamarine Open Air Festival <laughs> at Kirspach, which is northeast of Moscow. Many are seeking medical treatment days after the show, <laughs> complaining of burnt-out retinas. <laughs> what? Why would you wait days to go to the doctor? <laughs> There'd be long lines. <laughs> Eyes on fire. Can't see anything. You wait. Go tomorrow. So, <laughs> one said, after three days, I decide to go to a hospital. <laughs> they examined me. I decided to blunt, bump my way blindly down the street to the medical office. I didn't even go home to get my stuff. How much stuff could there possibly be at home in Russia? A spatula and a potato. <laughs> They're warning Russians that laser liking cause eye damage almost instantly. <laughs> the owner of the Moscow Laser Rental Company said the, said the accidental blindings are due to illiteracy on the part of the technician. It was partly so the blinding it was, laser. It was, it was partly the rain, but also partly the size of the laser. <laughs> Somebody set up an extremely powerful laser for such a small space. <laughs> I just love the idea of a, of a whole, whole room full of people getting ready to dance, and they just flip on the laser, and, it, and immediately just burns everyone's retinas right out. It's beautiful. Worst rave ever. <laughs> That really, that really is the worst party ever. Oh, hey, dude, did you go to that one party last year where our retinas got burned out? Wow. Well, again next year. <laughs> I mean, don't you just figure that that laser, though, has just, that everything that the military used to have in Russia was either stolen or sold or both? Uh-huh. And that's, prob- that's undoubtedly what that is. You know that that was probably some laser that was meant to shoot down ICBMs in outer space or something, and a guy's got it in like a 20 by 10 warehouse. <laughs> and in the background, it's just like, it's just interrupted only by the screams of Russian Russians. <laughs> and in my, in my head, in my head, I totally picture that sequence from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when the... Uh, when the, when the will of God comes out of the Ark of the Covenant and it goes like right through right through the middle of all the of all the Nazis, that's exactly what this laser is doing in my mind's eye. Oh, that's satisfying. What would we really, what would we do without the Russians, man? I mean, remember it's when just the tragedy when the Russians were just giving us fear. Now the Russians just give us comedy. Oh, that's so great. That's wonderful. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back and be caught up. All right. How about a Geek Watch? <laughs> how about it? Here's your Geek Watch for, uh, yeah. Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on There the is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Vladimir, look at the end of laser. Tell me if it works. Here's your geek watch. Apple claims to have sold one million iPhone G3s on opening weekend. 
Yes, despite an embarrassing spate of problems, getting this doohickey to function properly, Apple says the new iPhone 3G is a rousing success. One million iPhones were sold worldwide since Friday. The company notes that the original iPhone took 74 days to hit one million in sales. How it pulled that trick considering all the trouble getting the phones in buyers' hands? Easy, they went global this time. While the original iPhone launched only in the U.S., the new model launched simultaneously in 21 countries. Not to mention it sold at a far lower initial price than last year's model with considerably better features. So once again, the iPhone. Sells one million over the weekend. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this with Richie Bristol, who will discuss his pre-whorehouse beauty regimen. Uh, later on, more news from Tim Riley and the top five dark songs of all time as we get ready for the Dark Knight premiere uh, from this week. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, thehornysluts.com. Rape food like bosoms. For bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I don't sweat it for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. That's great. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up uh, later on, more from Tim Riley, and we'll do uh, today's top five as well. I know you think I'm obsessed with this, but I... Every se- I don't think I know. Looking through these... <laughs> every commercial break, you're reading them to me. Looking through these hooker profiles at the, at the Chicken Ranch site, it's like panning for gold. I mean, there's a whole lot of chaff here, but every now and again, you got a small kernel of goodness. Like this. My turn-ons. Men who like sex. And then there's this... I have to clean this up a little bit for the air, but they list one of the questions for the women here in the profile is my sexual fantasy is blank. There's this woman who wants to have she just wants to have a banana split Sunday uh, created on her body, and then she wants the man to enjoy it all night long in a bungalow. I find the word bungalow to be uni- bungalow bungalow. I don't even really know what that is. I mean, that's a phrase that I hear. I don't really know the difference between, like, a bungalow and a house. Please. Sure, a bungalow for me just sounds like some 70s porn house. That's exactly, see, that's my thing, too. Okay. A, a, totally what a, a bungalow is like a thing that's, it, that is totally some. It's like, why don't we go back to my bungalow? Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> that's totally, that's exactly it. it, it. Oh, by the way, uh, so I spent, uh, so Saturday, I was just kind of cleaning out my video collection at home and my DVDs, and they were all kind of scattered everywhere. I got to finish up that Family Guy set and bring it back for that CJ guy. So I was going through all my DVDs, and I spent, I killed about 20 minutes. Uh, I came across this thing that Timmy Ryan had given me, which we've talked about before. It's just a DVD of just old school, like, 70s porn trailers. Mm-hmm. And so I killed about 20 minutes just watching uh, porn trailers from, like, 1972. This is this weekend? Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's It's... They they really are fascinating. I'm going to lend that to you at some point so you can watch it. It really is like nothing else you've ever seen. I mean, it's just a whole different era. But so there's that, and I have a whole uh, a whole DVD of uh, of Grindhouse trailers, um, which are just really exceptional. But there is the, the 70s were just so distinct. I mean, there is like a special brand of 70s sleaze that you could just pick out of a lineup. I mean, with no problem at all, as distinct from 80s or even 90s sleaze. Uh, Richie, Richie, can you join us in the studio, please? 
So we're going to ask uh, Richie a little bit about this uh, before we uh, get to the news. we got the top five coming up uh, and all of that. So have you decided – let me ask you this, Richie. Have you decided on this on this chicken ranch place? Uh, it's looking pretty good. And is it just because – I mean, have, you, have you looked at the menu? Is it just because of its proximity to Vegas? Well, yeah. One, I, well, i got to look at all of them. I mean, this I just looks time. like a split-level ranch house. Are you sure that this isn't just some dude running this out of his basement? No, there's like – like it looks like it's made out of, of like, like fake wood. If you look like there's a map and there's like a, there's like six or seven of them located in different areas, like they're all together somewhere. But there's like all right, it's and a ranch. With now a bunch of here's the thing: is that it, it, my question about this is that all of the, the thing about the chicken ranch, as opposed to let's say the bunny ranch or the mustard ranch or whatever, is I mean it does it appears to be closer because it's only 45 minutes away. But the thing that they all have in common is that none of them will list their prices. None of them anywhere. anywhere. And I think that they're lying when they tell you that that's illegal. Um, I mean, is that the reason they gave you, that they said it was illegal to do so? I got on their chat. They had that live nude chat girls. Oh, you know that's not a girl on the other end of that, right? (laughs) You know that's a dude. I already fell for that one in. I ain't falling for that again. You know that... Do you already chat with somebody? You know that's a dude. You already fell for it. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, it's a dude that looks I like... I didn't have cyber sex with him, so it's just chatty. You know, that's, they ask if you want to chat? That's a, that's a dude that looks like Christopher Scott. You know it's you true. You conversate with him. Like what did you, so what did you conversate please don't, about? Please don't say conversate. That's not a word. <laughs> there really isn't. It isn't? No, converse. You were conversing. You did not well, converse. Well, that's fantabulous then. Okay, touche. Uh, where, I, where are you looking? Where the, where's the live chat? I don't even see that. It's right there with the girl with the f- finger in her mouth. Live news chat. <laughs> Girls, right there. Of course. Oh, right here where it says live. I'm clicking on the live chat, too. All right. Picture. Now, this is going somewhere else. This is going to myfreecams.com. <laughs> Mine sent me to peakshows.com. I don't think... Yeah, Richie, I, I don't did. Think, I swear. I, I, don't think you're, I don't think you're talking to somebody at the chicken ranch. I think this is going to some just random online slut site. Yeah, no, this doesn't... So Where's I, the other site? I guess... I don't even know where you're pointing at. Is there... Let's see, it says contact us. Let me click on contact us. Oh, this isn't us. them. This is just live nude models, like regular. Yeah, I think that's just a, I think that's just a, like a, like a porn site. The um, one, one where you chatted with them at the ranch. Not the chicken ranch. It was at the bunny ranch. All right. So I guess my question is, A, I think it probably is not true when they say that it's illegal to quote you a price. I think that they just don't quote you a price, bless you, Thank because you. they just want to get you in a room somewhere, uh, and then they want to they you know want to want to they jack up the dollar amount. On they won't you. give you any kind of estimate. Uh uh-uh. So oh, how that, do you? That ain't good. And so how do you know that this is less expensive? This place yeah. is less expensive than the Money Ranch. I mean, how do well, how look would at it. how do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, fair enough. Howard Stearns and blah blah blah. All these people have been at the Bunny Ranch and Playboys, and they got porn stars and all this. This, this now, is the this Bunny was, Ranch for the Br- Richie Bristols of the world. The, this is uh, the ghetto, <laughs> the ghetto brothel. So this is this is hookers for the economic, you know, for the frugal travel. Yeah. Well, if you were like being so picky about even like the Bunny Ranch girls, I mean, good lord, what are you gonna find here? I mean, really, that's look the thing. Is good here too. I mean, look. I. All right, I want you to come over here and point. Out one. All right. Okay. Yeah, yes. By the way, if you'd like to play this game, you can Let's go to. See, it's all the one word. The ladies of the CR. The chicken ranch. It's uh, chickenranchbrothel.com. Okay. Tell me which one. Well, definitely not an Asian. <laughs> Says Richie Bristol. An Asian. No <laughs> hero <laughs> for you. Uh, wow. Look at that jade right there. Jade. All right. Are we looking at jade? Jade. Okay. All right. So this is a a, a Brazilian bombshell. All right. Let's see. So here, are the, here are the questions they asked the girls to fill in: her name, description, is she a centerfold? Is she an adult star? Do they have any actual porn stars that that are here? I saw a girl named Ginger Lynn. 
back on the menu. But I, I suspect know, that's not yeah. the actual. Because that would be a real Ginger Lynn's like 100 years old. So She's like curvy and pretty. She's 5'7", 130. She, her eyes are brown bedroom eyes. Her turn-ons are men who enjoy having sex, Richie. All right. Yeah. Oh, this is the one that you were reading, I think right? I was. I think I was. This is the girl this who wants to have the banana girl. split made on her. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I got the bananas. <laughs> Why, whatever do you mean, Richie? Huh? Uh-huh. All right. So, so now is this, do you know that these girls would be available when you went there? In other words, is this like a, is this like a bait and switch thing where you might show up and like it's not this girl, it's a whole bunch of you know it's a whole bunch of different girls. Oh, I got a long time. You're leaving on Friday. Oh, she's kind of yeah, well, she's kind of old. Let's see here. No, Hold she's on. She's not old. She's kind of kind of mannish. <laughs> Shut up. You definitely no. have a type, honey. I like this. Okay, this is great. I like this one. This this girl Sandy, where they they go out of their way to make sure that at no point can you see any of her face. That is completely covered at all times. Sandy. Sandy. Uh, where, where the photo is just a huge shot of her uh, of her bosoms. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't see any redheads, Richie. Yeah. What about what are, are there other ones Certain that you ones. see? Now is it? Are you are you going with? You're going with other dudes. Are they gonna? Are your dude friends who go to uh, Vegas with you? Are they gonna be going to this place with you? Uh, I don't know. They're they're saying no now because they're scared. Are you so you would be going to this place alone? How would you get there? Do they send a car for you? Yeah, they'll send a car. All right, I'll hit. Ew. Let's see. I'm looking at Mary. Oh. Looking at Mary Jane. Oh, that looks like a dude too. Where? Who looks like a dude? Yeah. I have to know. She got a neck. Yeah. Ne- look at that necklace thing covering her Adam's What's apple. This? Hold on, Gia. Mia. Mia. Let's see. She's got one of those. Adam's apple she covers. Really look like a that looks that looks like that a looks cross. Like Tanya Harding. <laughs> that she does look like Tanya Harding. Seriously, this girl, uh, this girl looks like a cross dresser. You are right about that. She got the Adam's apple cover. Uh, did we ever figure out what the girlfriend experience is? No. That's a phrase they use all the time. What about Marina? Uh, let's see. Menu. I'm gonna look at menu and see if it explains what girlfriend experience is. Let's see. Girlfriend experience. Mm. Any girl who has her yeah. hair casually tousled in front of her face in any picture, it's probably not a kind of girl. Um. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, they don't clarify what any what that means. Two for one special. Wow, this girl. This. Oh. Ew. Uh, Richie. Richie, uh, dude. Uh. I mean, look. I'm. Uh, Look, I understand that you're on a budget and everything, but I, I would maybe... Uh, you don't really skimp on, you Seriously, know? I... If you're going to get a hooker, get a hooker. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, presuming... What's wrong with her eyes? Pres- who? Girl. Who? Who are you looking at? Uh, uh, Marina. Marina. And then go to her photo gallery and click on uh, picture number eight. All right. Uh, oh, I didn't even know there was a photo gallery. All yeah, right, Marina. You look at their profile and go... It says hey, click on photo. Richie, it seems to me... Uh, Am I going to her profile or her photo go gallery? Her profile and go to her photo gallery. It seems like this is Ooh. this is like skimping on a fire extinguisher, Richie. It seems like a thing you don't want to do. It seems like, oh wow, yeah, these girls look kind of uh, beaten down. And this There's, is what they got to show for. Well, I'm, well, you're the one who wanted a place that was that was less expensive. I'm shopping. Oh, well, that's this is one of the worst photos I've ever Did seen. Did you see that picture eight? Uh, no, I'm looking at picture uh, whatever it is. I'm looking at picture. Um, oh, here's Asian. I'm looking at these pictures all the way at the bottom where she's straddling the sofa. No, I didn't see those. Look at Marina. I'm looking at the, the pictures at the bottom where she's straddling. That's just that's just sad. Hey, Marina. That's just unfortunate. That's a whole lot of, uh, I'm really, I used to be attractive. Yeah. $100. Oh. No, there's, I mean, that doesn't make you feel a little bit depressed. 
Oh, she looks like she's about ready to cry. <laughs> okay. I mean, and not in a sexy way. Oh. Yeah. No, that's it. You okay, know, I'll take a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, I, I can totally see that. I can see that. For, we should do a caption this, uh, caption this hooker contest. <laughs> caption uh, this hooker? Wow. All right, I'm, now I'm looking at Ana- Anaya. What is the most you would, what is the most you would pay? Uh, Richie, uh, for one girl at one of these places. Oh, one girl? Whoa. Oh, my god. Look at Anaya. Um, Anaya. Wait, hold on. Uh, look at the top. Let's see. Hold on. I'm looking at you. If you'd like to scroll along and you're not at work, you can do this at uh, chickenranchbrothel.com. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Girls. This is Ladies of the CR. Her name is what? Anaya? Yeah. All right. It's, uh, she looks good for me. Now, of course, we're talking about the website slowing to a crawl. All right. Hold on. <laughs> so do you? I mean, but do you have a set amount of money put aside yeah, for this, Richie? Well, it depends if I'm drunk. But I mean, as you as you sort of leave of the weekend, or as you sort, of, I mean, do you have a figure in mind because you want your whole deal is what the three girls or whatever? Yeah, I don't want to spend right. more. But I'm fifteen hundred. Oh, dude, you're not going to get three girls for fifteen hundred. No. There's no way. No, you might get two girls. One. Didn't you? Wait, so you, <laughs> what, is the to, what is the total amount of money that you would be willing to spend at this place for three or one? Three. The total amount of money, no, 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 period. The most, yes. the, the total amount of money that you would spend at this place. Fifteen to two grand. That's total, though. That's the whole total. experience. Yeah. You're not going to get three girls for that. There's there's no way, not even at this place. Okay, I'm looking at Anaya. Which photo am I supposed to look uh, at? Number now? four. Yeah, you got to be. Number four. To. All right, this is where she's coming out of the swimming pool? Yes. Oh. Wow. What is wrong with that head? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like it was, like, she doesn't have a neck. <laughs> Seriously, there's, there's nothing... There. Look at that. Muppet look. Seriously, it's like it's like her her shoulders go immediately into her chin. I don't even think she could. I don't even think she could turn to look at you. When I'm going down. Uh, the yeah. Oh, there's an even more unfortunate one. Well, I mean, Richie, if this is re- if this is really where. If you look at those pictures, I'm sure you can get three of these. You should let the audience select a woman for you, Richie. You should let the audience uh, pick one of the girls. Not here, then. Let's find somewhere else. <laughs> would you have the names of any other brothels? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm looking just now that I've. Uh, Let's see. Would you would you trust the audience's judgment in selecting a woman for you? Yeah, probably. All right. What about? Have you looked at Maria? Unless they do it as a joke, because then they'll be like, "Hey, let's put her with." That one that looks like a dude. I mean, I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering if this, if if the chicken ranch is sort of the end of the line. You know what I mean? I'm wondering if this is sort of like how you go from, you know, how you start dancing at, you know, scores, and and then you end up dancing at, you know, like Dino's or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the, yeah, I mean, I I just and and they and I'm looking at a lot of these, and the, the, one of the questions on the for the girls is like, have you done? Are you an adult film star? And I noticed that almost none of them have said yes, because I think the girls that would do porn are probably at the other. You know, kind of the more upscale places like that. What's her yeah. that, that Isabella Soprano woman? So a sexy Lexi has no pictures of her face <laughs> at all. Wait a minute, is uh, there a sexy Lexi over? A, yeah, Richie, I would, town? I would strongly, uh, I would strongly recommend that you, you know, may, maybe look elsewhere. I mean, this doesn't. This, this is part of your vacation, right? Right. So you know, my getaway. So can we have? We need to have people call in if they've been to brothels to let us know which one he should be looking at. Hey, there you go. That's an idea. Yeah. I mean, what is the point of going? What is the point of going on vacation to find some, find some like trashed like up woman like, that you could get here? You're just going to be out like fifteen hundred bucks. And I mean, going to be uglier than someone you could find here. I didn't realize they were that ugly. I mean, well, I'm just. Well, I'm not. <laughs> look, they're not. It's not like they're the worst thing ever. But I'm hideous. saying you're paying for this. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're gonna pay a woman to take off her clothes and it, get it on with you, it seems like there is no point in doing that if she's just gonna look like some girl that you could pick up at Dante's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh. All right. 
Well, we should probably break here, and then we'll come back. Uh, we'll have the news with Tim Riley, the top five, and so forth. All right. Well, at some point, we'll we'll canvass the audience and, I don't know, have them point Richie in a better direction. All right. It's 503 in a new direction. In a new direction. It's 503-733-2970. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. The message is Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. Kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. It's the Rick Emerson radio program, so we won't get to play this back today. i got to make sure it's clean. But we were just looking at the, there's a tour video of the, sort of a You Are There video of the Chicken Ranch, which prompted Sarah to remark about some of the girls, they look good as long as they're moving. So I guess like... They're a little better, but they're so sad when they're all standing there side by side. Like when they, stop, they have good posture. When, when they stop and you can really get a fix on them, that's when it all starts to go apart. Um, and and then, they're also blank. They like walk like walk out in the line and then stand there. I'm Jade. Um, I'm Summer. And then Richie took one look at the girls that were at the chicken ranch and said, they're big and old. <laughs> and then he was still thinking he could get a girl for like 300 bucks. I don't know anything about prostitutes, but I would say, what, like 800? <laughs> I, I don't know like either. a normal number. Uh, I am guessing, I am guessing that half an hour with a girl is probably a good 600 bucks. Uh, Sometimes when you book an Expedia, they give you coupons. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that, that where you check off, like, car, yeah. uh, hotel, airfare, hooker? Yeah. I mean, I, I would guess it's probably between five and 600 bucks for a half hour. Uh, and then I, and full hours got to be. I mean, yeah, full hours got to be a grand. I mean, there's just there's just no way that it's it's got. I mean, maybe they have midweek specials. I mean, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, this one says, "My recent luck with a hooker." Says this email. Please don't use my name. All right. Uh, who wants to hear this? I do. I do. Uh, he says, "Please don't use my name," so we won't. Um, I met. We'll call her Eileen on Craigslist. After a couple of calls, we met in de- uh, we met in December. She travels from this is sexy from Battleground, Washington, Yeehaw. to my apartment in Southeast Portland. I am 58 and I'm an average guy. I'm not rich. I don't own a car. So, a- <laughs> and then he signs it, and then he says a choice. 
Oh, he's 58. Oh, he doesn't own a car. A choice. He said, it cost me $200, and she stays a few hours. I show her around town, and we go out to lunch or dinner. She stays overnight for... I would think that part of the advantage of getting a hooker is you don't have to take her out on the town. Seriously. Maybe he's just looking for a companion. Eileen is beautiful, age 45, two children. Uh, Downside, he says... I thought we'd already. She's a hooker. <laughs> she has a 140-pound tumor. Downside, crying myself to sleep. Um, I'm sorry. Downside, I have overspent my budget and I'll have to cut back to once a month. We have been meeting every week for the past eight weeks or so, more infrequently before May. Well, now I'm just depressed. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. McMinnons is opening up a historic hotel in downtown Portland. They brought a big building at Southwest Stark and 12th and planned to transform it into a hotel to open in 2009. The building was built in 1911. It's changed hands many times. Over the year, downstairs, it was a nightclub and... The rest of the building was known as a men's bathhouse. <gasps> oh, really? They're taking that? Mm-hmm. Wait, where is this at? It's, it's right next to Jake's Seafood. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old bathhouse. That, I think place always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. No way. Yep. Oh, I would That's totally gonna be the stay there. That's going to I guess they're going to clean it up before they reopen. It's on 12th and Star. It's like between Stark and um, Burnside. Are you talking about the place that's like right by, uh, it's like, a, it's like by Spartacus? Right by Powell's. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a currently functioning bath- no, bathhouse. No, yeah. Well, yes, I think it is. I mean, I, I thought, thought it was it still, it's still, I, I mean, maybe it's maybe like, closed No, I think recently. I heard it, it closed like a little while back. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, you know, it did actually because, uh, I hope I get this right, because Byron Beck, I think was, the, I think they threw a big shindig, like a big party the night that it closed, mm-hmm. I think. No, that was uh, Silverado. Oh, okay. So I just I was that reading. That must have been the bar downstairs to that. I was reading Byron's column, and he it was like a good it was like a goodbye to a, a Portland like a Portland sort of gay institution or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because Silverado and yeah it changed locations. So not Silverado. So not. No, this that is like place. a notorious. Yeah, it's in the same building. I think it was downstairs. Wasn't it? I think. I think so. And then Ringless Annex. I get all my bathhouses confused. Well, it happens. All right. Uh, in an interview with ABC, Arnold Schwarzenegger says he's thrilled with the show business. He will no longer be acting. He's committed to being a public servant, even after his term of governor ends in two years. He'll travel the world promoting energy and environmental protection. Richie, wow. Hmm. Have you looked at the menu on this, on the chicken ranch, by the way? No, I was just distracted by this question that Richie typed on the screen. Hold on, let me see if I can... Big chicken sandwiches? Hold on. Hey, Richie, what is your question for Sarah? I was wondering where I could get my downstairs waxed. We'll, re- we'll return to that later. Here's Tim Riley. You mean the, the oh, floor of his recreation room? That's what that exactly the exactly. ground floor. Mm-hmm. Well, what you call like Merry Maids? Maybe they'll come over. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess that'd be the same thing, wouldn't it? I suppose. Okay, so you've got to you've got to look at the menu. It's genius. So they have appetizers, entrees, and desserts, and one of the desserts is seduction. Really? Oh, by the way, do you want to hear something else that's sad? And keep in, keep in mind, by the way, I don't pass any judgment anybody who hires a hooker, whatever. It's a capitalist society. It ought to be legal. The idea of a $200 woman from Battleground is a little depressing, but I mean, you know. That could be the top of the line. Just, I mean, I guess, you know, any port and storm. Uh, but so here's, this is like the girlfriend experience. 
this is just, it's turning into another one of those, why do people tap their we cigarettes? We still don't even know what the girlfriend experience or, is. That's what I'm saying. But this is, already, I'm reading the emails. This is turning into another one of those, what is absinthe discussions. Here's one from a guy who is sort of snottily claims to know what it is. Hey, noob, girlfriend experience means no condom. Uh, so this guy's he this guy with this one email claims rather pointedly that a girlfriend experience means no condom, which like what could they possibly do that would make you feel okay about that? Mm. I don't care if her doctor is in the room tell, telling me that she just had an inspection. There's no way. Okay. But now listen to this one, Rick. The pimp in the Elliot Spitzer prostitute uh, case explained the girlfriend experience in an interview. He said it was when the girl. This, now this is sad too. He says the girlfriend experience is when the girl spends a period of time with you, like a weekend, and pretends to be into you the whole time you are together. You are supposed to be able to take them out to dinner, uh, and they act just like your girlfriend at a dance club or other places. That must be like the battleground girl. But, I mean, isn't that, I mean, I'm just saying for me, again, this is just my take, isn't that kind of way more depressing than the idea that you're paying a girl to have sex with you? You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to pay a girl to have sex with you, that's fine. It's just, you know what it is? It's like paying to get a massage, in my opinion. You are just paying to have a physical need taken care of. I, would, I, I wouldn't, I've never, I'm not saying I'd be a prostitute, but I would be like an escort. I would never, I'd be an escort. But I, oh, Like, go out with somebody and pretend, like, if they want to pay me, like, a thousand bucks to go out and pretend that I like them for oh, a night? No, so would I. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. Absolutely. I would be, if I could do that, I wouldn't be here talking to you now. Maybe we could be pimps. If I, I do need to figure out a way to make, like, you're already a pimp for New York. Um, well then, I was that just going to say, wrong. no, I'm okay. just going to say, uh, look, I would, again, if I could make money being, being an escort, uh, I'd do that uh, today. It's a whole lot easier than doing this gig, I would imagine. I'm just saying for me, I have never done, I haven't done either, but I'm saying I think I would feel, I think I would feel okay about paying a girl to have sex with me. Because again, it's a pretty binary, the, the paying a girl to, to, for the girlfriend experience, like paying a girl to sort of pretend to be into you, that's sort of like. When you're in high school, then you're like then you're like Patrick Dempsey paying the girl to pretend to be his friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seems sort of I just don't I think I think I would just I would feel that just seems creepy. Like the paying a girl to, to get it on with you doesn't seem creepy. That seems sort of I don't know. There's something weird about that to me. Uh, that just rubs me the wrong way. But you know, maybe that's just me. Well, unde- we'll undoubtedly talk more about this in the next. Do we have time to do the top five here? No, we probably don't. Do we? No. Just gonna have to wait. Let's keep talking about horrors. <laughs> That's true, we can put it off till tomorrow. Well, plus, tomorrow it'll be... Tim Riley demands more horror discussion. Tomorrow it'll be perfect, too, because since I'll, I'll be seeing it tomorrow night. Tomorrow is the day that you are seeing The Dark Knights. Uh, so did you hear from Scott Daly? I know he was seeing it today. He just wrote... Oh, yeah, that is all. Really? All right. Oh, my God. I could not be more excited. Are I can't you, even think about it. Are you trying not even to think about no, it? No, I, I don't even allow myself to think about it. Yeah. I'm not even doing it. Um. All right. So, in any event. Let me ask you this. So, then I... So... Then if you if you were an escort, not that you would be, but if you were an escort, in a different world, in a different in an alternate world where bad Sarah was an escort, so how much would you charge for a night out on the town of like of like what like pretending to be into someone like going out? I would say this is like you going are, out to dinner. You are and pretending like to have the full date night experience with him. That the full date night experience oh. with him, up to and including. Oh. I demand. No, well, I don't wait, think... hold on, so you're saying you're willing to be an escort, but only if you don't actually have to put out. Totally. I don't think that's being an escort. I think that's... Sometimes people hire escorts just for, like, a companion mm-hmm. for the evening. Well, I suppose that's true. Like, I Lots of politicians do that. Yeah. I've actually, honestly, Rick, I've even actually thought about, sorry, like, because I've talked to some, um, like, some older people who are, like, listeners of the show. Like, I'd love it if you just 
go out with me just one night. I'll pay for all the drinks, you know, do whatever. Really? Just, mm-hmm. Now, did that make you feel weird? No. Nobody's ever offered me that. Uh, so I've never, I've never done it, so maybe. Up like Richie. What's that? You need to get dressed up like Richie. <laughs> um, so now that's not illegal, though, is it? No. Like if you're just dressed like Richie. No, if you're, I mean, if you're just paying a woman. I mean, this sounds like such a, such a cliche because what they always use to. Ju- this is what they always try to use as a legal defense. They say, well, he's not paying for sex; he's paying for my time. But if you're literally just paying a woman just to spend the evening hanging out or going out with you, going to dinner, going whatever, and she doesn't have sex with you, then I would imagine that's not illegal, right? That's got to be illegal. No, because you can pay people to walk your dog. That's true. I mean, you can pay so, people to do anything. So if you are paying her and there is no sex involved, and if that's understood from the beginning, like I'm not putting out. Just to dine at a fine establishment. Exactly. I am just. Uh, I'm going to be your uh, your arm candy or whatever for the night. That's a thing you could. That the guys would probably pay for in some sure in some world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that is interesting. All right. I I almost don't even want to answer these phones. I mean, God only knows what people are going to be calling about at this point. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Um, first of all, I just wanted to. I was actually looking at the at the pictures too, and all hmm. I have to say is, if I were to if I decided to do the whole girlfriend experience thing, and Let's say take her out to lunch or dinner, whatever, sitting there, order my food. I could just imagine the server looking at me pointedly and saying, is there anything that your mom would like? Okay. Yeah. Thank but you. On, on another note, there's also Vizo out in Milano. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Continue to be, the world domination spreads. Yeah. All it, right. It's cool. All there's out, all there out there is is a Chevron station, and there's Visa there. It's like, <laughs> well, places like that are really where you need something to help you stay awake and alert. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a good day. This email says, here we go again. Your other emails were all wrong. A girlfriend experience is where a girl acts like she loves you. <laughs> Tell me you love me. <laughs> Kissing is a must, but yes, they always use condoms. They're simply more friendly. Uh, it's a longer, more intimate time spent together for your money. It's not a weekend together thing. It can be an hour, but it's a really awesome hour, says this guy. Um, so he says the girlfriend experience is not a whole night out, nor is it unprotected sex. He says it is simply where they act as though they love you. <laughs> There's something weird about that statement. That's, they act as though they love you. I mean, again, and that's either really depressing or really hot, I suppose, depending on how you view such things. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick, I have a question for Richie that you might ask. Uh, now, is he going to be visiting these brothels as Richie or Rochelle? Uh, that's, a fair, that's a fair question. Richie, will you be as Richie or Rochelle? All right. Oh, he hesitated. I think it's going to be Rochelle. Yeah, are you, I'm wondering, you know, he wants... He, when you, Richie, when you go to Vegas, are you taking your drag wear with you? Uh, no. All right, so it's a, it's, a, it's an all-man's trip to Vegas. Boys night out. All right, thank you. All right, okay, so no, he will thanks. not be dragging it up. All right, thank you. And what, Tim's just gone. Where did he go? I don't know. Oh. All right, Tim Riley uh, and uh, so forth. All right. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have here? Um, so, have, do you know where any other brothels are that we could look at? I don't realize I know almost nothing uh, about about brothels. I mean, really, what I know uh, is that um, I mean, I know somebody associated with this program who I think we used to identify in the air as having gone to a hooker, but I, I'm not quite sure about that. So we won't do it now. But we know somebody who's gone to a hooker. Uh, and then there's Richie, and that's it. I mean, that's the extent of my knowledge. Is that mm-hmm. I, I have no. It seems like there ought to be some Mister Skin of the hooker world. You know what I mean? There ought to oh, be some. To tell you like which if, if you're going to do it, like which places to go, which places to avoid. Yeah, they have to have reviews or something. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I would almost think there would have to be. There has to be some sort of a site that reviews 
that, re- that reviews, reviews brothels. Nevada. Does it say... Uh, a... Nevada Brothel Times. Yeah. And is it is there some Spend sort of three hundred dollars on a hooker get a fifty dollar gas card? <laughs> okay, well that's fantastic. All right. Uh, All right, so it looks like they have yeah you have a brothel times that is not loading, but um. But there is it does look like there's some sort of a uh, yeah. Uh, regarding Sarah, dinner, drinks, and no sex, I call that a typical date. Ha! Bada bing. <laughs> All right. All right. I would completely do that. That's another one of those things though where. It's just the way that it's the perverse way that nature is set up, where guys would uh, guys would completely do that if they could for a living. But of course, the opportunity isn't there. Not like any girls offering to give me five hundred bucks just to be her arm candy for the night. So, and in fact, if a guy does want to do that, he typically has to be in the gay industry. I think I told you this off the air the other day. I hope I can say this. Well, screw it. Uh, so, uh, my brother at one point he didn't do this. I should point out, but my brother at one point while going to college. I know toyed with the idea of being a stripper for guys. I mean, he's straight, but he toyed with the idea of being a, a stripper for gay men. Oh, I remember you telling me that. Because he was... Uh, men. Yeah, he was, you know, and, he's, and at that point, especially, was really in good shape because he got out of the Marines, was a compulsive, you know, he worked out all the time, totally like six-pack, ripped, whatever. Uh, and, I, you know, and dudes will just pay, you know, guys will pay through the nose for that. Uh, and so he was just going to be a stripper for guys, Figuring that that would be enough to put him through college, which it probably would have been. And I think the thing that stopped him from doing it is my, he said to my mom, there was just, there was going to be no way that he could have explained it to my mom. I mean, my mom never would have, would have been able to sort of get with that. Yeah. So. Okay, right. Rick, I just have one more thing to say. Yes. I just got this from Aaron Geek in the City. Uh huh. The Dark Knight, holy effing God, best movie ever. Really? Are you excited? I just got goosebumps. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Now I have to, oh. Now you have to wait till tomorrow. I have to wait like 30 hours. You know, I have to wait till Thursday night. So, okay. I don't know. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. 503-733-2970. We'll do calls and so forth until the top. Like us at 3. Michael Mara Show at 7. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcast and the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Coming up at 3, like us. Uh, tomorrow, Nina Parker from TMZ.com. Uh, All right, so somebody has sent me... Um, ah, this is fascinating. We'll have to do this tomorrow, though. An escort review site that I believe... I believe they they have a whole Portland section as well. All right. Let's see here. So they have reviews. Let's see, search reviews. Just we don't have time to kind of do all of this, but let me see if you can search reviews by. Um... Wow. Okay, you can look at. You can do everything here. You can. You can search by area, by appearance of the girl. What do you? Do? What did you just do over there? Bobby just walked by and he just mouthed the greatest movie ever. Oh, he just saw the Dark Knight oh. too. Are you are you sort of seeing now? This is that this is the really dangerous part where it, people are starting. It's starting to trickle in. Oh. Where yesterday nobody had seen it. Today a few people have seen it. Tomorrow you will have seen it, Sarah. It's very exciting. Uh, so we'll do uh, calls here to the top of the hour. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. If you want to sneak on before the end of the show, this is your chance to do it. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So you can search by. Do you desire a transsexual? Why sure. Um, and then you can you can rate. Wow, this is really weird. You can rate, uh, how do I put this, the atmosphere of the session, and then you can rate um, 
various uh, areas of the escort's person and how pleasing they were. Interesting. In both a which, which website is an aesthetic and a tactile sense. Uh, TheEroticReview.com. I say, knowing that it will then be taken by some other radio show and discussed tomorrow. Uh, oh, by the way, Rick, once again, the Rick Emerson show uh, proves itself to be superior. This is in regards to the douchiest phone call of all time that we played a few weeks ago. As I was driving into work this morning, Mark and Brian were playing that phone message uh, that you had played, thoroughly dissected, commented on, and was done with a week ago. Uh, way to go. Well, it's what we do. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's John. Hello, what's up, sir? Well, I've been listening nine years. Best show ever. Thank you, you my talk- Thanks. You you were talking about tattoos before, about reg- regrettable ones and, and funny ones. Well, have you ever heard of a couple doing a, a mural where it continues from one to the other? I knew one in my neighborhood, a retired couple. They used to be bikers. And, uh, you know, they, we always wonder why they button their top shirt all the time and wore long sleeves in the hot summer. But once we had them over for a party in our backyard where there was, the alcohol was flowing, and they were rolling up their sleeves and showing us all of and they stood side by side. And I tell you what, it was pretty cool. There were snakes that were connecting and trees and vines. And if they weren't in their 70s, it would probably be a little more cool, though. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. Hey, all right. Best show ever. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Uh, okay, so we'll have to do this tomorrow because there are 748 hooker reviews for Portland. For Portland? For Portland. For Portland and surrounding areas. I'm not finding these reviews. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Near Lloyd Center. Wait, hold on. Let's see here. Um, we have we have no time here. We have to. We're gonna have to. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to do this tomorrow. Let's see. Uh, And tomorrow we'll look for uh, stories of men who have uh, patronized the services. Ladies for hire. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting. Okay, yeah, we'll have to do this. Maybe I can get one of my friends uh, because I I I have two good friends who I know have gone to prostitutes. Really? Um, well, I know that one guy. Didn't get one of them on. like if he's anonymous. Yeah. No, I would I be. I think he'd talk about it because he's talked about it openly. All right, then. Well, join us tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show when we'll talk about hooker reviews for the city of Portland. Uh, also, Nina Parker from TMZ.com uh, and uh, more. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Amanda Moyer, James Roop, and Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM970, the talker in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. It's Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, is Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't Eck with Me Reynolds. Like us, Max. Uh, next, Michael Mara show at 7. See you tomorrow at 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it down. I'm huge. Bye.